Before we embark on a very, very Zelda-less second half of 2021, it's time for a, well, first it's time for more unnecessary Zelda cheap shots at Pablo, and then it's time to look back at the games we played this year to answer four important questions. Like, what's our game of the year so far? Which games let us down the most? Which games do we want in our veins the most that come out later this year, unlike Zelda? And will I ever let this Zelda thing go for Pablo's sake? For the first three questions, stay tuned. For that last question, though, <laughs> no, no, never, never, never. And here we go again. Welcome back. Welcome all to episode 10. That's right. We've done 10 of these and we will fuck around and do 10 more. I uh, think I so. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to focus here on episode 10. Hello, everyone. My name is Pablo. I like video games and I'm one of your co-hosts here along with my friend, co-host Marco. What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm happy. You know, you finally decided to play some games with me uh, this week. <laughs> um, oh, we're going to... So I feel we're special. We're going to get into that. Yeah, we're yes, going to get into are. all of that. You know, E3 is behind us, and if you haven't yet, check out our E3 coverage episodes to get you up to speed on all E3 goodness. Uh, but with that shameless plug out the way, Marco, June is almost over, and you know what that means. We are halfway through this year, so let's talk video games up to this halfway point. We're going to share mm-hmm. our game of the year so far, our most disappointing game of the year. Uh, the first half, I should say. And we're going to look into the future and share three of our most anticipated games of 2021. But first, let's gear up. Let's get right on to this. Marco, let's start with your loadouts. What do you have for us today? Oh, man, I'm excited. Um, so I I finally got a chance to play um, Final Fantasy VII Remake's uh, Intermission DLC with Yuffie. Yeah. Um, so Yuffie. I, I started to play... Um, I was my original goal was to play through all of the remake part, and I got about 22, 23 hours in, and I just kind of crapped out because, for the most part, and I think we touched on it in the last episode, the um, the quality of of the PS5 upgrade was kind of minimal, uh, so it was not as extensive of a change as I thought. So I wasn't as excited to kind of see the rest of the, of the game through uh, again. So I ended up stopping and I went into uh, the Yuffie DLC, and um, I knew almost nothing about it other than what you hinted at in the last episode, as far yeah. as like some some overlap with stuff that happens in the main story. Um, otherwise, that was about it, and uh, it was about four hours long uh, for me. I I, I kind of beat the game by accident. Um, I didn't know that I was at the end of the game when I was uh, playing through a you know at at a certain place uh, in in that story. Um, and then when I when I finished everything, credits rolled, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I, I did, if I had known that, I would have taken more time doing other stuff leading up to that, uh, because there is um, you know a, a nice amount of, of stuff. Um, it's a little bit of padding, a little knot that kind of gives the game a little bit more meat. Um, they have this, um, for instance, when you're in Midgar uh, as Yuffie, uh, when you when you make it to Midgar as Yuffie, rather, uh, they have this little mini game called uh, uh, Cosmo Canyon, which is almost like a board game. Uh, come to life. So, and this is very typical of Final Fantasy games that always have a, some type of card game dynamic or some mini game thing. There was Blitzball, there was Triple Triad. Uh, so they brought a Fort Condor game into this um, this DLC, 
And it was actually really good. And I'm typically not that type of player anymore that dabbles in that stuff. And I was actually having a good time with it. So I, I didn't get a chance to beat everybody on the map. Um, but that was one of those examples of, oh, shit, I wish I could go back and play through that again. But anyways. Um, those uh, getting, those mini games those mini games and video games are becoming, like, real things. Like, they Witcher do, 3 yeah. with Gwent. Yeah. Uh, and even, like, for me, the standout, which is insane to say, the standout thing from Valhalla was that uh, Ogar Ogar game. Oh, uh, you like that? Game. I love that shit. I oh. thought that shit was for dope. I love <laughs> a lot. I, I, I actually spent, like, if you see my time clock, it's like 25 hours of that game played. Maybe like three or four of those hours is me just sitting there playing everybody that I possibly could. I liked, I liked, I thought the game was actually pretty good. That, uh, that is, game. That's, yeah. that's psycho. <laughs> um, this is this is a, a lot better than that, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, good. So, so um, yeah, as, as far as the actual game goes, what, what was really cool about playing through this DLC, despite how short it was, was that um, it, it proved something really important to me uh, when I think about the next um, mainline remakes moving forward, which is that they... They can switch things up a little bit in terms of not not necessarily with the way the the game is structured, but um, using some of each character's strengths um, to their advantage in terms of how certain levels are designed. So with Yuffie, she's a very agile type of of, of character. Uh, she's basically kind of got ninja skills, so to speak. So she's very nimble uh, and can get around quicker than like a cloud would or something like that. So um, a lot of uh, missions have areas where you kind of traverse by climbing and, and sort of um, holding onto rails and running uh, laterally uh, to get to different, you know, platforms and stages and stuff um, using her weapon, which is like, a, I don't know what you actually call that thing, um, but it's, it's, it acts like almost a boomerang in a sense because you can throw it at boxes and it'll come back to you. Oh, I love that. And thing, then yeah. when you bust open those boxes, you'll get like items and stuff like that. So I really love the way that they utilize each character's uh, unique traits in terms of how they build out the game. So that made me very confident that it's not just going to be a case of more of the same, but just playing as a different lead uh, moving forward. So that was pretty dope. Uh, the the combat was great. I love playing as Yuffie. Um, you were you were uh, spot on in the last episode talking about how you know she's um, you know very again very nimble, very agile. Um, you know not as grounded and and sword heavy as a cloud is or, or something like that. So she was actually really fun to use. Um, you can tell they kind of beefed her up for the sake of the DLC though because they don't yeah. have full party support uh, with different characters. They have one sidekick character that you can synchronize with but you can never uh, control him uh, so they had to give Yuffie um, you know a good close range game good long range game and a lot of like uh, sort of cover all the bases sort of skills and materia uh, and, and right from the outset basically um, I think that the story itself was 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 pretty solid I don't know if it was necessarily the um, the kind of plot I was hoping it would be but what it did do was it sort of explains uh, why Yuffie became so invested in, um, you know, banding together with, with Cloud and company and what her sort of stake in the game is uh, as far as her motivations are concerned. So it does a really good job of, of almost sort of a, an origin story-esque sort of thing with her to it show almost, you why she's, she cares so much about the cause that they're all fighting for. It almost seems like this would be in DLC for, like, part two. Uh, a little bit. Game itself because it's kind of like... Or maybe like preemptively, like, hey, the game is coming out in like a couple of months. Here's this little piece of, yeah, because it's 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 so. I mean, for all we know, the game is a couple of years away still. So to kind of give us this information so upfront 
just seems a little bit like right. uh, like oh we had a long way to wait to give us piece of uh, uh, information about a character that we're really not going to see till later on so yeah a little weird yeah. but I, I the what i played of it i liked it it's it, only four hours so i'll get back yeah to it, eventually too. It, it's not a miles morales type of game like i was hoping it would be in terms of like you get a solid you know nine ten hours out of it or something like that um but for what it is it packs a really nice punch of of content uh it, and it definitely doesn't overstay its welcome so there's that um it, it just doesn't do i would say the only knock i'd say is it doesn't do enough to kind of set up uh, the next game in any kind of way it really is just about Yuffie's story and kind of where she intertwines with everything else that's going on um, during the regular campaign of remake so uh, really good time though I don't regret buying it it was only I think it was 20 bucks which yeah. was I think it was good for me as a, as a fan of Final Fantasy that didn't you know make me you know clutch my wallet or anything like that it was it was more than worth it to me <laughs> um, but we'll see if it's uh, if it's gonna lead to something really extra special with the next official uh, sequel. So, yeah, uh, played a lot of that. Um, then I, uh, you know, in the middle of that, uh, Metro Exodus had its uh, Series X and S, and, and also on the PlayStation Five side, it also had um, their their next gen uh, upgrade that finally came out. So, as a big Metro fan, I was absolutely intent on going back to trying it out uh, to see how how it looks how it runs how it performs all that good stuff and um, it was already even last gen um, it was already a technical you know I wouldn't say showcase but it was it was borderlining it, it does a lot of really cool yeah. stuff with atmosphere and um, effects and just making you feel immersed into that world um, bringing it to next gen with extra lighting and HDR and 60 frames, uh, you know, it, it's getting to a oh, point where I'm beating a dead thing. horse. Yeah, ray tracing too. Yeah, but it, you know, as with many other uh, upgrades nowadays, this one is just as good. Um, I think it's it's one of the better ones to me. Um, did you get a about, chance to try it yet? Yeah, I did. Oh, and okay. It's funny about this one is that um, when Metro Exodus was first shown at the at the Microsoft uh, press conference. Um, the game looked phenomenal, like next level thing. And when the game came out, there was a little bit of a downgrade to it because obviously, you know, of course. the systems have limitations. I think that this upgrade finally lives up to that E3 presentation that they showed. Uh, I am not a fan of Metro games, though I want to be desperately because, you know, the story, I'm a story-driven guy and I love uh, stories and, and, and this is kind of to me like the uh, the same kind of it, it occupies the same space as Witcher 3 or Witcher games were written in a novel form then translated into games and so they're intricate kind of story parts in, in it and, and very interesting things that uh, come of, uh, of the story which I've never experienced fully so yeah. I'd love to do it the problem here for me has nothing to do with visuals the game looks when I, when I put it on I was kind of dumbfounded a little bit it's like yeah this game looks really good like the yeah, lighting dude. the lighting itself is just next level like that ray tracing because it's like a ray tracing specific thing that they did with the game itself and it is it is really next level stuff but for me it's just like kind of like the the world and, and the way that the guns shoot they're kind of like airsoft <laughs> guns a little bit because you know one of them is yeah. yeah yeah and so it just there's a there's that there's that feedback that i'm not getting with shooters and i can't get i can't separate this from a shooter and just like a story driven kind of thing so yeah i i i turn on my xbox and i'm gonna go play something and i always see it there and i kind of hover over it because i'm still interested in it i'm still kind of like maybe if i push a little more i'll i'll, I'll get into it but I, I don't that's not really a priority for me right now but I, so what i saw yeah. i really really thought was really good yeah it, I, I don't think it's for you not because the game is something you wouldn't like 
I just think it's one of those games that you have to play exclusively because it's so immersive and yeah. there's just a, there's a feeling to it in, in, in a way that it's built and it's hard to describe because it seems so typical of a game, uh, almost like a Fallout in a sense with just the world and the you know the bombed out nature of things and kind of scrapping and stuff, but it just needs your full attention because there's a lot of nuance in the dialogue. There's a lot of nuance in, in, um, you know, just remembering kind of what your goals are in the game and, uh, choosing where you want to go next in, in, uh, in the open maps and stuff. Uh, so I, I do think it's, it's tough in that sense if you're trying to juggle it with other things, uh, because other things are always going to be more impressive or exciting than this game. It's it's a, it, it operates at a very, um, flat frequency of, of, of delivery with its tone, its narrative, its, its it's, not pacing. Very bombastic or anything. it's not. Yeah. And it doesn't want to be, and that's okay. It's yeah. just that, you know, there's always going to be some spectacle kind of game somewhere else to go jump into. Um, but I, I, have I love a, it. I love it though. I have a whole bunch of games right now that are like halfway there as you, do. you may know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't know if, cause I mean, I'm about to finish, which we'll talk about here in a second, Ratchet and Clank. I'm literally right there, just the one thing to do. And then once I'm done with that, I got Resident Evil that I'm that I have on, on my scope. And the other two games that I'm playing are just kind of like you know online games, so right. I'll have that time. So I wonder if I finish that because I'm I'm a little past halfway through Resident Evil. Is if I'll have time to put something else in because I don't know what else is coming. I know that Zelda's coming in July. Uh, we but have stuff nothing, like the ascent, you know, like nothing yeah, major, major, right? Yeah. And that's and that's and that's all towards the end of July anyway. So I wonder if maybe I'll have three weeks yeah. in there to put something, uh, put something else in in rotation that is a single player focus that isn't uh, multiplayer. So I, I may try it then if there's nothing else that comes about. Because, uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Yeah, I think um, to to wrap up this part of it, I I, um, I played a little bit of the main story just to kind of get reacquainted with all the characters again, and then I jumped into the DLC, which I never got to. Um, so there's two that came out. Uh, I finished the first one, which is about two or three hours long. It was meant to be kind of a shorter one, uh, which was really really good and and kind of touching. Uh, in a way, when you kind of see how they how they framed it, so it's just one of those games where I wish more people played it, uh, because when you really give it time and you just and you just let it breathe and let it kind of deliver what it wants to deliver to you the way that it it, it wants to, uh, you get a really really great narrative out of it. You get a great um, sense of immersion, a great sense of unease. Uh, talking about the combat again, um, that part of it is is by design to make you yeah. feel hesitant to engage with you know what you're seeing out there in the world um it, it does a lot of that in, in in terms of making you think before you act uh which i really really appreciate so uh it has its clunk sure. it, it's it's got some some euro jank to it for sure but <laughs> uh by the sum of its parts it's 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 a very underrated series and this is a very underrated and best version of of that series for sure um, so that, that takes care of my um, my own exclusive uh, games in the loadout. I'll save the next one uh, for when we both get to it. So what do you got? Yeah, I kind of just want to touch here. Probably last time we'll talk about Ratchet and Clank unless uh, Marco picks it up on, on sale later on. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of I I just want to say from the from the rip, and I and I think I've mentioned this already. You can't deny that the way this game looks. I mean, I think Insomniac has beat Naughty Dog in terms of visual fidelity in their games because they do so many different things. You got Miles Morales in the Spider-Man games, and then you got Ratchet and Clank here. I, I know that Na uh, Naughty Dog goes for hyper-realistic type games, but it, it only gives like Insomniac this, this, this one-up because they have almost this ability to do both. 
and Doom and do it in a way that both those things look absolutely uh, next level. But I think because of the beauty of the game and how smooth it runs and, and how it uses the PlayStation 5 technology to like its best of its ability, I think it's a really mask, a good mask for the game itself because uh, there are so many consistencies with the quality of the world design. I am at times completely overwhelmed with some of the worlds and how they look and then downright disappointed in other aspects, uh, in other worlds uh, uh, that I go to. It's like, mm. it's, it's, it's next level type of, you, you have this... Um, this piece of, of rock that you can hit and it goes between dimensions and one's like a bombed out completely destroyed planet or it's a living planet and you can go in between and it's used as a as a puzzle mechanic to actually get from place to place and and those and those moments in, in those levels in those games are absolutely outstanding and like shockingly good in in, in how they're uh, designed and then you go into this other it's just like a desert planet and there's just nothing going on like some platforming here and there it's just a it's a really consistent and consistent thing but the game continuously looks good uh uh, throughout uh i've never been wild about the design of those games anyway uh, character designs to begin with and i'm still not a fan of the overall design but uh it's just one of those things where the game itself is absolutely beautiful but if again if you're not a fan of these kind of games it's, I don't think, once you get over how incredible this game looks, there's a real thing for me where I, I, if you're not a fan, this is not going to change, uh, this is not going to change your mind at all. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to kind of like come, come to terms with how I really feel about the game because, you know, if, I, if I'm away from it for a couple of days and then I turn it on, it's like, holy shit, this game is, looks incredible, mm. but then as the more I play it, it's like, okay, but this still has this kind of, it just there's just not a lot there besides visual uh, fidelity that can really that can really cement this game as one of the better games of the year, I, I'm not even sure it'll make my top 10, to be completely honest with you Damn. Uh, but I, I, not because it's bad, it's just, it's just that it's not my favorite kind of game. Well, that's and, what I was going to say. Is it, is it more yeah. of a case of it not being for you than, yes. than the game itself? Oh. I mean, other than the flaws that it probably already has, you know. Yeah, 100%. I think that for fans of Ratchet & Clank, this is this is their Witcher 3, let's call it, right? Because mm. it has everything that they like about the series, the wit, the, the writing, the, the characters. And then it, to, it has to boot the, the visual fidelity of a next generation game that is none, there's none like it. You know, it runs at 60 frames, ray tracing, uh, you know, 4K at most times, or there's a little bit of a dip here and there. But with that, with that art style, you can't really tell. Uh, yeah, that. it's hard uh, to make uh, that. Yeah. yeah. So it really is just one of these games where I, I don't want to call it like, um, because it isn't this. And the only reason I use this is because of how there, there was that difference with the Order 1886. Uh, where, but it isn't that. It isn't that. I'm just saying how that game was so beautiful looking, but was like a tech demo almost. This isn't that. This isn't that at oh, all. No, no. It's absolutely beautiful and it plays incredibly well. But for me, it falls in that camp a little bit because of how beautiful it looks, but how bored I am at times. Uh, playing it now there are things that they implement like these uh, boots that you can go quicker and faster and 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 speed is a really good part of the game and you can do a lot string a lot of things together combos and all that is fun while you're in it but you know you can only do that so many times and the 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 repetitive uh enemy design and it just it gets to a point where it really just becomes just a, a, a mindless, blasty, shooty kind of game. You know, you have a whole bunch of weapons to choose from, and they're all technically different, but at the same time, they all do the same thing. They kill 
foes in mm-hmm. very different ways, but not not too particularly interesting for me in that sense. So, you know, ultimately, um, I, I'm right there to finish the game, so I'll do that. But I don't know. It's just a really weird game for me because it was definitely one of my more anticipated games of the year come as the beginning of the year just because of how the game looked. And, and that still doesn't disappoint, but I just thought it would do more. Uh, and then I think really the the... the just the way that some of the worlds look so amazing and play so amazing, other worlds are so kind of bland and so not great. I think that kind of going back and forth between that kind of like soured me on the game a little bit. But yeah, yeah. But I got yeah, I got I, I got to play it obviously and and see for myself. But I always wonder with a lot of platform franchises if part of the reason why a lot of them kind of go away is because they sort of run their course after a while. I mean, yeah. not to say that they can't think of new ideas and stuff to implement, but a lot of times, um, you know, and this game seems to be an example of that, where it's more of just a case of being prettier, um, just more fine-tuning, but this the same kind of gist as usual with a few little exceptions or wrinkles here and there. Yeah. Um, and, and I just wonder if that's kind of the problem with, with um, you know, with platform with platformers sometimes, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, and this word is always used as a negative connotation, but... This gimmick of going between worlds, I don't know if they can do that again. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they now can't. What? And if they do, um, you know, you run the chance of being repetitive and, and just doing the same thing, the same, the same, yeah. you know, bringing out the same trick. And it's one of those things where this is a really cool idea and they did a really good job. And I will say, they didn't go all the way with the idea. There are the, the, the whatever you saw and whatever you think that you're gonna do in terms of like going back and forth between dimensions, it isn't really like that. There are some parts that are, but not really like that at all. So mm. maybe there's that room to work with where there is the the promise that they alluded to, maybe. But yeah. other than that, I, I just think that it's a really good game. Um, I wonder where Ratchet and Clank goes next, um, and I wonder if 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 you know any Sony mascot shooter can really come up and, and do something that's different uh I, i'm still a fan of uh sly cooper and i want to see more of that uh but only because we i think out of all the all the mascot platformers that's the one we've seen the least of i think so yeah you know yeah and then um after that we got some games that we've been playing together um oh yes yeah and that's uh i'll start off with chivalry 2 chivalry um, 2 man chivalry 2 should we should we like explain uh, briefly yeah. what this game is because I yeah. feel like it's just it's selling well now that we kind of looked at this, the, the uh, Xbox charts but what is this game if we're trying to pitch it to somebody uh, yeah I would say that that's a good idea to, to kind of talk about it because and I think you should do it um, because when <laughs> I and I'll tell you why no, because yeah. when I when I was looking at this game I, I was like okay maybe I'll get it because it seems like fun but I still didn't really fully understand it until I actually played it mm-hmm. itself uh, but what how, how would you describe it I think what the way that I looked at it when I first started playing it was it, it reminded me of, and this is a really dumb and, and probably hollow example, but um, Lord of the Rings movies, the big battles yeah. that happen oh, yeah. when it when it just when it all builds up and then it all just it just goes down and it's and that's kind of what they wanted. Yeah, it, it's just a huge fucking battle. Everybody is sword fighting. It's 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 basically all melee with with bows. Uh, so this is a medieval. I think they call it online medieval warfare or something like that. Yeah. As like the sub uh, subtitle thing, um, 
And that's kind of the, the best example of it. It's it's basically just an all-out war between two different factions. They simplify it with like a red faction, blue faction. They're both named and they have like their dukes and their leaders and stuff like that. Um, they don't get super lore heavy with it because it is a multiplayer only game. Yeah. Um, but it's basically Team A versus Team B um, with uh, a, a, an assortment of either Team Deathmatch objectives or full-blown, um, almost conquest-like objectives where... Uh, you know, you're you're taking part in, in sometimes a 30 minute war, essentially, yeah. um, where it has different phases of the wars where you'll have to like, um, you know, you'll have to take over the bridge or you'll have to rescue prisoners. And then as you achieve those um, those missions uh, or defend the other te- defend your your um, yourself from other forces, uh, either something else opens up. As a new mission, or the mission's over if you're if the defending team manages right. to hold off the opposition within a certain time limit. So, um, it is insanity. Um, yeah. The uh, the the melee uh, action in that game is um, it, it's very easy to learn and very tough to master. Uh, as cliche as it sounds, it it is um, it is uh, either first person or third person. Uh, depending on your play style, um, most people play it in first person. Um, I don't, for just reasons of never really feeling good. And I told this to Pablo. It, it it's like Skyrim syndrome, where like first person melee combat to me never feels good, no matter what people do. Uh, and this was a game where I was like, I'm, I'm running into the same issues, even though I know it's doing a good job. So I switched it to third person, and then I started killing it. Um, but I, I think this game is in, is incredible. I, I was a, it was a slow burn for me at first because when you when you recommended the, the game when you were hyping it up I'm like, man here goes Pablo <laughs> with the bullshit. Pablo as game it's written all over it. I'm gonna buy it. He's gonna be he'll never play it again after I buy it. Uh, it's forty bucks though, so I said all right why not fuck it and um, I I just told him before we recorded I you know I, I never get up first thing in the morning and play a video game I never do I usually play in the uh, late afternoon evening and I I had to get online and play and I never do that shit uh, so it's it's extremely addictive um, in that sense and um, a blast to play what, what's what's been your experience with it so far Yeah I think uh, you can I I can even boil it down to even simpler and like, again this is reductive and and. But it's for me, it's like Battlefield, but medieval because it, mm. it has that 64 player base. Uh, it's over the top, violent multiplayer, objective based, big battle type thing, right? And so, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, no, I I I wanted something to play that was kind of mindless and fun, something that I can kind of go in between games and and, and just play a little bit here, a little bit there. And I saw videos of the game, and it still didn't do it justice. Like I. I, I it, you actually have to play this game to really understand what they're going for. At least yeah. I did. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. Yep. But they're definitely their inspirations are all over there. Because I mean, if you guys watch Game of Thrones, there's the Battle of the Bastards uh, episode, uh, and basically it's this all like like Merkel said, like Lord of the Rings type all-out war. I mean, literally, Jon Snow at one point is literally suffocated by like 50 men who are on top of him. He has to literally. <laughs> bust out of these 50 people that are suffocating him. So it's kind of like that. It's just it's just relentless. It is it is head I mean there is no cover base or nothing like that. Nope, it's just nope. you running head first and you can double tap X and 
have a battle cry or, yeah. and just literally just scream and just go into these force into the oppo- opposing force and just start clashing uh, weapons yeah. and it is brutal and it is an absolute blast it like and like you said it, it it can come across as a pretty mindless big battle 64 player frenzy yeah. but I, I think that we've we've gone out of looking at it that way and actually played it more to uh you know more with strat strategy a little bit and kind of yeah and use our strengths as gaming people like you're using your third person Mm -hmm. and 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 me picking a weapon that gives me the ability to be more aggressive uh instead of like you know having to hold a certain button to, to to do a big swing i i'm using a little bit of faster weapon um and man, I mean, it's just one of those things that, and, and I haven't really experienced this in a little bit, where you, you kind of run into the game and you're completely enthralled by it. It's something that you didn't know existed. Two Came weeks out of ago. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 apparently, you know, the community. Uh, well, I knew about Chivalry. I knew that Chivalry existed. I just didn't know Chivalry Two was coming out. It, um, uh, but then when Chivalry Two comes out, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Uh, it's a Half Life mod to, when it when it started and and then it got the game. And then I actually played it. Now it's like, man, this is just one of those things where it it, it doesn't do nothing um, in terms of story. Uh, no, no, it doesn't it's all really, surface. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really even with melee combat. It doesn't really specifically reinvent the wheel, but the little things that it does with 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 melee and, and how it uses your kind of almost your vision with your right stick to, to, to guide your, your, your slashes and all that stuff. It's really interesting. And, and I like the way they do that. Um, but it is an absolute fucking blast. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's like a game of, of, of moments, right? So oh and, my God, and yeah. something that I didn't realize when I first started playing it was I, I didn't really understand what makes one match different from the next. And what I realized later is that it's all about these little, moments that happen in every match that are completely organic you can't predict them the game is not guiding you to have those types of moments it's just stuff that happens like moments like um you know for for one thing you can throw your 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 weapon at uh an enemy and it can pierce them and it'll stay in their chest so i had a moment where i threw my sword at a guy in front of me he threw his sword and it stuck through me we both didn't die and then we just fist fought until one of us died. Like, and so those little moments is like, you remember that shit. Like when you got on yeah. the catapult for the first time, you didn't know you even could. And yeah. it's launching these huge fucking stones at the building to kind of breach the gate. And you hop on, you fly over there and yeah. you land and you know, you're able to do your thing. Like little stuff like that happens all the time. Like moments of camaraderie too. Like you don't, it's just, it's the, the battlefield is littered with people. But yeah. you'll see, like, these isolated little hubs of battles was, going yeah. on, right? You'll see, like, oh, shit, one of, my, one of my boys is outnumbered, like, three to one. I should probably go over there. Or it looks like he's about to get killed. I should probably not go over there and die, too. <laughs> you know? Like, so you have those moments, like, you can revive people. But it feels different because it feels like you're all, like, as corny as it sounds like, like, a, like you know, brothers in arms, essentially. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, or sisters in arms. There's, there's females in the game, too. Um but stuff like that is what gives the game a lot of character. It's also a funny game too. It, it oh, has yeah. it has some. You sent me a video of of like there's like rallying speeches that, that that'll happen sometimes before the matches start, where yeah. the the commander will be like you know 
pacing back and forth. We got a blah, blah, blah. And sometimes that shit is <laughs> completely yeah, nonsensical. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I, because there are some characters that innately, when they respawn, are cowards. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, sometimes you double hit, you hit the battle cry, and the guy's like, ah, for no yeah. reason. I mean, it's just that, I don't know, it just genetic, it, it generates a coward yeah. that you're playing with. Yeah. But uh, I had this one time where, for whatever reason, I mean, we're about to start the match, and this guy's, you know, has, he, he's at the forefront, and he's like, sometimes when people die when they're killed, <laughs> and I just want my milk to taste like milk. And all I want is uh, malt vinegar with my fries. And then everybody's like, what? And he's like, for malt vinegar. And, <laughs> and then, then we you all go just out and rush. fight for malt vinegar, bro. Yo, but, um, this game it's is just so like, crazy. It, it's things like that. It really is. And, and the thing is, is when you look at these games, when you look at a, a game that comes to mind when it's like medieval type is like Kingdom Kingdom Deliverance. Kingdom Come, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Deliverance, yeah. Where it's all about this hyper realistic take on this medieval, um, this medieval time, right? And and this is not that. And it, the funny thing about that, it, it, it comes across as it might be, but it really isn't. Because like Marco said, I got catapulted. I literally jumped on a catapult. Somebody shot me. I went on the other side. Like, it's like silly it's shit like that. It's self-aware. Yeah. In, in oh, a way, it's yeah. very self-aware. And the achievements and give it away too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This like, is I fine. died in a complete fire, and it's like this is fine, you know, from the meme. Uh, I killed the guy with a bastard sword who also had a bastard sword, and I got battle of the bastards, which is the thing that I kind of talked about uh, a couple dope. of seconds yeah. ago. But so it's it, it's a really really simple but smartly implemented oh, game man. that it really just oh my god. I, I mean, like, th- talking about it now, all I want to do is just I know. go play. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it, uh, I love that. I, I was looking for a game like that to come my way this year. I, I was like. Man, I kind of know what I'm I'm in for this year with everything that's coming out. I wanted right. like a surprise, and this was the one that kind of came out of nowhere and blew me away. So, I highly I, recommend it. I I, yeah. I really do. I think I think that the the tutorial is it does what it's supposed to do, but I think it doesn't give the best representation of the game because it feels like what this is boring. This is. One hundred percent. Because the thing is, it puts you, it pits you against one person, or you're doing one thing at a time. And yeah. the game is not like that. Everything that they show you in that tutorial, you're doing it at all times, every Constantly. time, all yeah. together. Yeah, um, it's so chaotic, no, I, and that tutorial doesn't does not paint the right picture for that at all. So, if no. anyone does buy it off of our recommendation, which we do recommend it, survive the tutorial. Just, just, yeah. just make it through. Learn the mechanics, but yeah, get a couple games, and you'll see and what I, we mean. And I I don't know if I, I can recommend I, I don't know if I can say hey only play this if you like these kind of games but I, because I don't like those medieval type first person either. melee games and this is like not up my alley shouldn't be and it is one hundred percent yeah my game right yeah um but I I don't know man it's 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 weird because I I'm in a weird spot right now um because that's all I kind of want to do is play, <laughs> yeah play no man. In this game. And they're gonna they're gonna support it throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, they said by the end of uh, the year, uh, towards the beginning of next, the game is gonna double in size. And um, right now, I'm not feeling burnt out burnt out on the actual maps or anything like that. Um, but I, you know, I'm looking forward to, to new weapons, oh, new yeah, uh, armor, and new stuff like. That's one thing that where the game lacks a little bit is that the armor and the weaponry in terms of the way it looks. It's not like 
particularly great. Yeah, um, it's all very samey stuff. There's some stuff that yeah. looks kind of cool, but nothing is like going to make you go want to yeah. go buy uh, right. credits to go That's right. get some yeah. premium stuff. Yeah, so. and there's also not a lot of um, information on the weapons in terms of what damage they do. There is a bar that shows how much damage uh, it is compared to the other weapons, but there's not really a a, a, a specific you know uh, no uh, kill, you know kill time kill time on this yeah. weapon or anything like that. There's there, for a game that 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 again one might think has a very specific amount of details on these things. It does. It's none of that. It, it's very mm-hmm. surface level. Uh, like again, you can master it, and I've seen people take on three or four people at one time and just demolish everybody. Yeah. You can be good at this game. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that's and that's where we're at there. I would say the only thing they need to work on besides that is stuff is is just um, the menus. The menus need love. Oh, the menus need they're, those. They're truly awful. Yeah, they do. They they got to fix that shit. Is it's just not accessible in the ways that it feels, you know, sensible. You know what I mean? It's like it's why bad. am I it's doing bad. trigger work and this work just to get to a fucking you know loadout thing for my my characters? No, so just bad. stuff like that needs to get cleaned up, and I'm sure they will probably reevaluate that stuff. I hope they do at least. Uh, but uh, other than that, forty bucks, man, I cannot recommend this game enough. It is a blast. So uh, definitely glad uh, I trusted Pablo once more uh, after years of of uh, of, of hesitance. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it was good. It's good. I like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the other thing that I'll kind of touch on, and I know Marco talked about uh, last episode, uh, he and he's dragged me. He, I dragged him into Chivalry 2. He's dragged me back into Rainbow Six Siege. And when this game released, um, it's a game that I played a lot. Um, it's a game that I tried to have Marco play, and he was like, nope, don't like it. Um, and I don't know what your problem was. <laughs> but I don't know what my problem was is when I left, because I honestly don't know why I left this game. I absolutely love Rainbow Six Siege. I did then and I do now. Uh, it, it's changed quite a bit uh, in terms of kind of the meta and all that stuff, but I think it's done, it's 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 worked for the best. I know when the game first got announced, the show, the one mode they talked about the most was Hostage and that's the kind of thing that the whole game was built on because it was like, oh, you, you gotta rescue the hostage or defend the hostage. Um, and that's that, that mode is seemingly gone. It's pretty much gone, yeah. It's yeah. just bombs. And yeah, and it's just the bomb thing, and it, they really—it's like they stripped the game of all the unnecessary things and honed in on the basic thing that makes this on the purest form of the game, and it actually it, it benefits the game greatly because it is that whole entire you know team meta, building your team, the 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 pa- rock paper scissors of who they've chosen how you're going to kind of counter that and, and every player has a counter and you can pick a player based on what you saw in previous round. It just, there's so much to it. Things that I'm not, I don't even understand yet uh, <laughs> that I, I'm slowly getting into uh, and I am really uh, enjoying it. And, and coming from a couple of months ago, just me and Marco nonstop playing Call of Duty, this is almost the the antithesis to, to Call of Duty games. Yeah. It is the uh, almost the direct opposite in terms of it's not frantic. It's not. Fr- there's not. You don't go out shooting. If you actually do that, if you, you play like Call of Duty, you will get punished. You mm-hmm. will die. Uh, there are times where aggression is needed, but from as far few in between. 
and that's also just a strategy based on your 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 team's inability to be successful. It's like one against three, then you have to kind of be a little aggressive, especially if you're attacking. Uh, but not for for me. This 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 is game is is a game, and I hate to use this term because I, I it's so stupid. But it's like a Call of Duty for the thinking man, right? Because <laughs> it, it's because you know th- there's a lot of strategy involved into it, and, and mm-hmm. it's it's you have to be willing to to play with teammates. You have to be willing to uh, take your role seriously and use the abilities that you're given with the character you choose, use them to the benefit of your team and not just yourself. Uh, yeah. Many times uh, I, I, I play a character called Valkyrie. I'll put some cameras up and I'll die immediately after, but those cameras can be very useful and essential for other people to mm-hmm. use. Um, it's just one of those things where the game itself really has found uh, its forte and it's stripped everything out and it's giving you the purest form of Rainbow Six and it's on Game Pass. I, you know that's definitely uh, another plus and and you know yep. you can't really you, yeah. So what you got anything to say about it? No, I was just gonna ask you now that you're back into Siege again. Does does what the new Rainbow Six is sting a little bit more to you that it's not it's not a a, a new iteration of of this formula or are you cool with still siege being siege and not wanting a sequel i think i think the way they supported the game i think the way they supported siege and the way they've uh added uh the constantly added operators and maps i'm okay with extraction being its own thing uh because this doesn't seem like a game that's on its last leg. Rainbow Six doesn't seem like a game that is dying. It doesn't seem like a game that needs a shot in the arm. It's 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 found its thing and it's 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 doing it great. And I think that mm-hmm. you know I think Ubisoft is is is, uh, is trying to scam us out of more money and trying to create their version of a uh, of a um, Back for Blood or a Left for Dead type thing. And I I I think more or less it's just it's an instead of instead of marring the the or mudding the waters of rainbow six siege and, and adding this as an additional mode you know i think what they did is separated the game because they know what they have how special siege is and they've created a, a separate thing to where it's hey people who like this kind of game maybe aren't into siege maybe want a little more action heavy type thing this is the game for you and and, I, and that's okay as well but i what 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 me getting into siege has done for me is completely taking me off any kind of hype or not even hype but any kind of interest that i would have for extraction in exactly any way, same because uh, i have zero 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 want or or any need to play extraction because siege is so fucking fantastic and because it so, has zero in the game too uh, uh hey, sorry sam fisher fisher that's um, right uh we love you sam um, Plus that game, that, the game design is the, the alien design of Extraction is absolutely f- fucking looks like awful. Plato. Um, it's like the first run through of like, hey, this is what the this is what the uh, the alien might look like. <laughs> they showed it to executives like, that's it, make it's it. Like, it. The, like the no, that's the first load yet. It's like yeah, yeah, it's Ugh. bad. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, that's been our regimen, man. We've been we've been jumping on uh, usually almost nightly playing Chivalry and, and Siege. We usually have a yeah, hard time picking which one we're going to play first, but uh, it's usually a good yeah, time. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so I think that wraps up our uh, loadout. So let's go ahead and jump into the booty juice. Um, booty juice. Pablo, you know I love me some Nintendo slander once in a while. Um, so <laughs> I want to I want to sit back and let you jump in first and, and talk your shit. Uh, about your uh, your squad, so tell us what your booty juice is. Yeah, my booty juice, and, and going into this, you know, 
we we have an agreement if there's nothing to talk about in terms of like booty juice or nothing that we're not going to talk about it because right. you know we don't want to make this uh, a thing where we f- we're forcing topics just to have a a, a segment that we you that can't we like. force a uh, shit when it comes it comes man. yeah but I mean recently uh, Nintendo has released Mario Golf Super Rush and. Mario Golf has always been a, a, a franchise, or it's a, the game that I've always loved and adored. And um, you know, I love golf games anyway, and especially like golf RPG type games, like uh, those little. I love that stuff. And so, when Mario Golf gets announced, they have a Mario Adventure um, thing attached to it. But what happens with Mario Golf is that it is, it is, it's fall victim to what Nintendo's been doing for years, and that's just basically just them being lazy. Money grab, money grab, money grab Nintendo. And, you know, Mario Golf Super Rush has seven courses, six of which are standard fare. You know, that's not a pun. Uh, but <laughs> uh, standard, nothing seemingly Mario about them, not really Mushroom Kingdom-esque in any way, just kind of some, you know, uh, a regular golf course, six different ones, and, and you're playing golf. You know, there are some interesting things like speed golf where uh, I think it's the most innovative thing they've done with that franchise, but everything else surrounding it is so is so basic and, and not in any way, it doesn't even look good. Um, and it just looks empty. And, and that's just kind of a thing that, that Nintendo's been doing lately. Um, we're looking at Zelda's 35th anniversary. They didn't really do much. I mean, they're going to release now... Um, what are we releasing now? Um, the, Skyward uh, Sword? Skyward Sword, which, you know, guys, I mean, we, we can be hype all we want. We can be fake hype. However you guys want to put it. Skyward Sword is not a terrible game, but it is the worst Zelda game in the mainline Zelda series. And it, it, from the looks of it, the game doesn't look good. It looks like... Skyward Sword from the Wii U, and it doesn't look particularly interesting. Uh, the game itself never did, uh, and it's just a remaster. Uh, they're calling it barely qualifying as such. Yeah, and then re- and then releasing it for sixty dollars. Mario thirty fifth anniversary. I mean, Mario thirty fifth also didn't do much. They re- and that goes back to the remasters, which barely qualify as, as remasters. Mario three D All Stars with with uh, Mario sixty four, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. Mario Galaxy was fine because Mario Galaxy is a newer one, and, and that art style di- makes it seem like it's still a game that could be played today but the other two games specifically mario 64 there's nothing done to it i think 1080 it was running on maybe if that i mean yeah uh, you know i think i couldn't even tell i mean these things and they charge you 60 dollars and there are people like pablo myself Mm -hmm. who will make excuses and tell you well these games didn't come out on the wii u so that's why who cares they didn't come out on the wii u but they're of that you know video game console cycle year so i they don't need if they're gonna do that if they're gonna bring a game forth they're gonna bring a game into the new generation of, of consoles then make it that it that it can fit into that whole entire thing like you got games like tropical freeze where you know again games that are been out you know yes tropical freeze is probably one of the better platformers to have released in the last 10 15 years but it's still a wii u game and it comes out on switch charge you $60, and it barely has anything different. It has, like, one new character that makes the game stupid, easy, and absolutely not fun in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Um, it's it just these weird things that they do, and, 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 and like, it's the, it's the inability to really take a chance on franchises that are known franchises, but because they don't make the money. They don't eat, They make no bones about that shit. Like, Metroid Prime, we're getting Metroid Dread now, 
and we're gonna get Metroid Prime 4 eventually down the road, but it's been so long since we had a proper Metroid Prime game. Uh, uh, you know, Dread is, 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 I guess, the first new game in the, in the 2D series, because I guess other M and all the games, those games were like remakes or kind of uh, of previous games, and it's like you know people are clamoring for this, you know, and they're and they're over here, uh, you know, releasing bullshit like Tropical Freeze for fifty, sixty bucks, mm -hmm. and and nothing, and nothing with Metroid. And I'm not even a Metroid fan, and I sit here and tell you, man, that's kind of fucked up for Metroid fans. It's you know, it just it doesn't make sense. And then they don't they don't really do well they don't do good for fans nintendo doesn't really do anything they've barely mentioned anything about joy con drift they, they as a company they've barely said no, anything to us as consumers about joy con drift and then these motherfuckers still sell the joy con at a high price point because people have to because their fucking joy con is broken they literally have to buy it and so they're like yeah we're not gonna make this any cheaper it's still <laughs> gonna be just as expensive because you motherfuckers need a new joy con because it's fucked up yeah i it's just for me, it's the entire lazy approach and how everybody, not everybody, but most people in, in industry, people dedicated YouTube channels to Nintendo and it's excuse after excuse after excuse. And then people get hype when they release, oh shit, uh, a game that came out 10 years ago is coming out in, in a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing, if Sony... If Xbox were to do this, if Xbox were to release, hey, we're releasing Crackdown 2 uh, next week uh, with uh, kind of like up for $60, it would get shit on. It would get fucking destroyed. If Sony did the same thing. I mean, Sony released the, um, how do you call it, the uh, Drake collection? Oh, the Nathan Drake collection, yeah. yeah but they released, they didn't, they didn't make a big deal about that. Hey, this is a collection of games with little touch-ups here and there. Here you go, have, these, have this game. That's it. Mm-hmm. Sony's literally making games like Last of Us 2 at run at 60 frames per second. They're literally upgrading their games to run and look incredibly well on their new systems for fucking free. And here we are with the Nintendo Switch. We're gonna we're about to get in a couple of months next year sometime the uh, Prince of Persia remake that looks like asshole. You know, <laughs> I, I mean it's like. It, it, it's just a really lazy approach to video game making, and we, as fans, are also at fault because we're not holding them accountable. They're simply doing whatever the fuck they want, and and, and, and we're like, yeah, sure. I mean, it wasn't on the whole thing. Yeah, and I'm, and yeah, I'm guilty. Man. I'm guilty. It wasn't on the Wii U, so yeah. dude. You know, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just we don't. We want new games. We want you guys to treat certain franchises with respect. And, you know, and they don't do it. I mean, people have been wanting Advance Wars for years. They're remaking one and two, but why not make a new one? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure people are, are, are really hyped about Advance Wars 1 and 2 remake, but for me, it just feels like almost them, like, giving people something to shut up. Like, here, take this and, and go home. And, and I just, it's just, Nintendo is, is in, a, in a really weird position where they're, they're, they're they are, the, the, they're seemingly getting a lot of success. They, they seem like they're successful. People are always talking about how great they are. But when you look at the innards and, and, and the bones of, the, uh, of what they're doing, it's bullshit. They're doing a lot of bullshit, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's where we are right now. Listen, What's man. What's bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I, I've been feeling this for years. It's, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, all of what you said is pretty much spot on. I think in a lot of ways... 
um, some of their shortcomings are very intentional. I think um, when it comes to the whole, you know, bringing Wii U games to Switch or Wii games to Switch with minimal updates or uh, quality of life changes, I think that's by design because, you know, when you look at, like, they've never really established what the virtual console is going to be. They've never really yeah. established how to kind of maintain an ecosystem so that when you have a new console, you're not, you know, basically stuck with just new games. I think they do that intentionally so that they can repackage and re-release games at a premium um, instead of, you know, offering some kind of substantial or meaningful backwards yep. compatibility to keep your catalog um, much in the same way that Microsoft does so well and that Sony does not quite as well, but still tries to do in, in many ways. So it's, a, it's just it, a lot of, um, you know, intentional handicapping as a business practice. And it's uh, it's pretty transparent when you take the, the rose-colored glasses off of, oh, my God, the next Zelda is going to be so great. And you really see how they're operating as a business. Um, you know, is it quite as scummy as microtransactions and stuff like that? Don't know, but it, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely well, a I shitty mean, thing about how they operate, for sure. They they may not be so much at the forefront of stuff like microtransactions, but they still hold your wallet at, at uh, you know, they still hold your wallet at, at ransom Absolutely. because the fact that, you know, next month you got the new Zelda game coming out and there's apparently some essential things in terms of, like, new um, things that you can use in the game that are tied to an amiibo, which is sold out. And if you want, you got to pay, like, off the ass on eBay to find it. It's... It's stupid things like this that they don't give a fuck about because they're about to make money hand over fist and they don't give a shit because they know they've been around since the 1800s and they're not going nowhere. They are cash rich. <laughs> yeah. They have no fucking incentive to bend any way but towards them. Like, you know, Microsoft's entire renaissance in the new is because of failure, because they almost failed. And because of that, now they are, are, are looking to uh, uh, be more consumer-friendly. Sony it, it is, like you said, less so in many ways, but they're still, they're not out here kind of like, they're not being outwardly scummy like Nintendo is, you know? Mm. Again, they, they're... They're, they're touching up their old games from from PS4, putting in a, a new generation of uh, games, you know, and, and say what you will about PlayStation Now. There's still games on there you can play for free at PlayStation yeah, Of course. You know, you know, you're not paying $20 a, a year, which doesn't seem like a lot, to play Super Metroid. Um, whatever. Yeah. yeah I, listen, I'm fucking guilty, dude, because I, I just bought the Super Nintendo controller from them. That you bought two of them really, bitches. Yeah, two of them <laughs> bitches. One, one to put on a, uh, on a thing, and, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty. But at the same time, I don't like to be jerked around. Come on. Come on. Fight back. Fight back, Pablo. <laughs> they don't love you. Yeah, I'm only buying one controller next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was, uh, that was got, a deliciously Marco? good booty juice for Nintendo. I always love it. Um, my booty juice um, My booty juice is for, and, and man, this is one of those, if you've been living under a rock, you miss it types of things, but we got to talk about this whole conspiracy that's been going on with um, this, this game called Abandoned. Um, Abandoned, over the last several weeks, um, has garnered a significant amount of interest uh, from gamers and some media outlets. Um, and all because of this, this, this mounting conspiracy that Hideo Kojima is somehow, I don't know, using Blue Box Game Studios, who is making this abandoned game, um, as like a secret 
kind of front to be able to develop what is actually a new Silent Hill game, and that Abandoned is actually this sequel, the secret sequel to Silent Hill. Um, so over the last several weeks, there's been all kinds of conspiracies, there's been all kinds of quote-unquote evidence to claim that there is yep. something to this, and admittedly, there has been a lot of weird coincidences with some of the stuff that has been kind of found um, about Blue Box Game Studios themselves, um, some things that kind of got you know hinted at and, 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 and stuff like that. But um, what it seems to be, at least as of this recording is that Abandoned and Blue Box Game Studios have no relation to Silent Hill or Kojima or Kojima Productions whatsoever. Um, they have had their, um, their, uh, their I, mean, I can't remember what his name is, Hassan uh, Kazuman, yeah. I think his name is, uh, come to uh, record some videos and put them up on Twitter to say, hey, I'm a real person, I'm not a paid actor, um, I am actually, you know, leading the studio. We are actually making our own game. It's not affiliated with blah, blah, blah. And I got to say, man, it, it, looking at this whole thing is just a whole big blob of what the fuck. Because when you I, – I just don't understand how this gained as much traction as it did for a couple reasons. Number one is – if, if let's say for the sake of argument that this was somehow Kojima and it is somehow Silent Hill and blah blah blah, what does the game stand to gain from all of this bait and switch conspiracy secrecy stuff that 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 would be happening right now if all this was true? Like Silent Hill is a game that a lot of people, myself included fucking love and and it's one of those games where what where did it go i mean it had a lot of bad games towards the end but it's it's been very well known and revered as one of the best survival horror games that has ever been made as far as ips go and yeah so it, it doesn't need anything like this and any kind of arg campaign any kind of kojima conspiracy thing whether he's making the game or not to get excited for a, a brand new Silent Hill, which we haven't had in years. So I, I just don't understand if this even was true, what what the actual benefit would be other than just the, the fun of, of peeling back the layers and uncovering the truth. Because it, it's Silent Hill. It's a game that people have been wanting to come back for years, no, no different than Metal Gear Solid itself, right? The second part about it that is baffling to me is Konami is all but confirmed to be kind of shopping out licensing their their IP. Uh, Metal Gear has been rumored for the last several months, if not a year or so now, to be going to Bluepoint um, as an exclusive for Sony. Um, we've heard similar things about Silent Hill being shopped off to other developers, so on and so forth. So this is not news. But one thing we can definitely ascertain based on the, the severed relationship with Kojima and Konami is the fact that they fucking hate each other, <laughs> okay? So, <laughs> right. so the reality is, is that let's say Konami is shopping this game around, and they want to give Sony exclusive rights to whatever Metal Gear, Silent Hill, whatever they pick. I would like to think that Konami is going to be extra fucking sure that Kojima is not going to have any involvement with any of their games whatsoever because of that severed relationship and not even a quote-unquote front like 
secretly working with Blue Box Game Studios and kind of hiding his involvement in the game would would be something that they would not catch. Um, I'm sure they have plenty of insiders themselves that would be able to say, hey, you look, Kojima has already been in bed with Sony. If we give Silent Hill, we already almost had him working on a Silent Hill game. It stands to reason that they might try to secretly kind of get him involved or have him consult. But I also think Kojima wouldn't want to work. And, and, with and that's where I was going to go next. Yeah. The shoes on the other foot. Why was why would Kojima want to basically line Konami's pockets with more money off of his right. hard work? So I have always maintained that where Kojima goes, Konami will go in the opposite direction. Right. So if if the rumors of Kojima and Phil Spencer shacking up to work on an exclusive with Xbox are true, it stands to reason that Konami is probably in fact working with Sony and Bluepoint on Metal Gear or Silent Hill or whatever, or vice versa. But the fact that all of this stuff, all these conspiracies mounted so much and so many people from within the community and on Twitter and so forth betrayed all logic out of sheer hype for, oh my god, Kojima working on a Silent Hill would be dope, I hope this is true. Yeah, so does everybody else, but let's not be idiots about it and start letting this gain more traction than it is because when I think about Blue Box Game Studios now, not to say that they haven't kind of backed themselves into this corner, so to speak, with some of the ways they've talked and been mysterious and hints and clues that, that really kind of misdirected people, but at the same time, if these guys are really as earnest of an indie studio as they are, that they just happen to have a good partnership with Sony to work on this new game, I kind of feel bad for them <laughs> because yeah. their team kind of got caught in this whirlwind of conspiracies. Um, you know, Hassan, uh, you know, said I think in an interview with somebody that he he wasn't going to name anybody else that's working in his studio because he doesn't want them to kind of get caught in this crossfire. He'll kind of be the shield for them. Um, yeah. Again, and all of this is if. If the rumors of this whole thing are false, which I think they are, um, you know, I kind of feel bad for them because all they're trying to do is just make a new game. Um, and, and that's that's kind of fucked up. So I, I think the blame goes four different directions. Number one, I think the gaming community has to own a, a piece of this pie because of how they just let it get out of control with their excitement and just kind of betraying logic. I do yep. give Blue Box Studios a sliver of blame as well, like I said, because of some of their cryptic tweets. They had a, a tweet where there was like, um, our game is going to be, and then they had like S, and then underscore, 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 and then L at the end. So everybody said Silent Hill. And I guess they actually meant survival, because uh, their game is a yeah. survival game. So, But they backed themselves into that corner, right? Um, I think that... You know, but at the same time, it's kind of like they're given this opportunity it's hard for them to pass up because they've never gotten so much. Like, yeah, so they're getting some buzz and stuff. You know? Yeah, so buzz, I, right. I see them kind of embracing it to an extent, and that's that's fine. Um, but you know, they have a little piece of this too. I, sure, I also sure. have to give some blame to Konami and Kojima Productions, though, because yes. this is your IP, or this is people having rumors about you. It would have taken minutes to send out some yeah. kind of tweet. Hey. Just so you know, we have no affiliation with Blue Box Game Studios. We are not working with them on any Silent Hill game, blah, blah, blah. And it could have been completely fucking done. But not only does that not happen, but Kojima fucks around and takes a picture of himself. <laughs> and you, we, we tweeted about this and uh, we got like retweeted. I got like a like from Jeff Grubb and a bunch of people liked our shit of Kojima sitting in a theater room, I guess, with the shirt that has a box on it. 
And we're, I'm just saying to myself, here, this motherfucker's got to know what he's doing, even though he's not doing this game probably. Let me let me kind of give you my two cents on that. Yeah, go for it. I go for think, it. I think Kojima is working with them on Abandon, but it isn't a Silent Hill game. I think that Kojima has been known to work like he worked with uh, uh, Gorilla for the Decima Engine uh, to release a new game. I think that the reason that they're not outright denying it, it's because they want they're almost trolling in my opinion this is what i think that they're almost trolling silent hill because of the the things you said kojima and konami don't like each other and so kojima's almost using this opportunity to troll a little bit because he did it also with the uh with the um director's cut of uh, of the game of oh my god the director's cut of uh, death uh, stranding death stranding where you know it makes fun of the whole box thing which mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a, a you know metal gear solid uh, a metal gear solid kind of yeah. dig. So I, I, I think I, I think that Kojima is working with them on something. That's kind of my uh, my opinion. I think that they're using maybe conceptually something they've done. That's why Abandon has gotten the, uh, a post on PlayStation blog has gotten a whole bunch of PlayStation kind of attention for an indie game making their, you know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for the amount of attention they're getting from PlayStation specifically. I think that Kojima might be involved in a certain kind of uh, capacity, maybe not uh, making, uh, maybe not as a director, or maybe, but just giving them some, you know, giving them something like a like a special consultation or, or something. I don't know. I, I think he might be involved in a way, and, and I think that's what, what eventually is going to happen here in August. We're going to see that because there's just too many things, there's too many coincidence coincidences that are coming out of this that are not specific to Silent Hill, but that are very specific to Goji, Kojima himself. I think the Silent Hill thing is being brought into it because one, like you said, Konami's been shopping around different IPs. Two, they've been leaning into the Silent Hill thing a little bit, right? And there's been rumors about Silent Hill game being made anyway uh, uh, a lot. So which brings to my second point. All of this is kind of covering. The one thing that I, I I feel now is pretty certain as to who's making Silent Hill, and you're not gonna like it, um, is Blooper. And the reason why I think Blooper is making it is because in February they specifically said that they're working on an existing horror IP from a famous publisher. That's literally a quote directly from them. Just in August, the medium is about to release a game that we thought was uh, exclusive is about to release on PlayStation Five. So there's a partnership with Sony that now has gotten Blooper Game the Medium onto the PlayStation 5, which comes out in August. Uh, all, putting all these things together, I do think that there's there might Blooper might be working on Silent Hill, and everything happening here uh, with Kojima uh, and, and, and and these people at Blue Box, I think that they're kind of inadvertently hiding. What's kind of obvious here is back in February what what Blooper has said, and now the fact that this Xbox exclusive is now coming to PlayStation because uh, they've made a partnership with them at a certain extent. So, you know, all that aside, I, I I think that you know I agree with you. I think this whole thing is nasty, a mess, nasty, it's disgusting. Uh, but I feel ultimately we're gonna find out that Kojima is working with Blue Box to an extent on a different game, and I do think Bluebird is going to be the, the team that's making uh, Silent Hill. So. We'll see. I don't think they're making the next Silent Hill. I I want to believe that they uh, that Sony has enlisted Sony Bend Studio to work on the next Silent Hill. That's that's know, my prediction. I think they the got reason, Blue Point the on Metal Gear and and Bend on Silent Hill. 
the reason I don't think the Ben makes sense is because they were still Ben was still just pitching um, their their next game, and so mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, and this game is already Silent Hills. The rumor is it's already in development. So uh, Ben kind of pitching their next thing to Sony recently is kind of like, well, why are they pitching something if they're working on something? Well, I think so. that that whatever game that was got rejected, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and Days Gone Two did, right? Well, yeah. Or maybe just Days Gone 2 did. I'm not sure, but I just don't. Days I, Gone 2. I just don't want to believe that Bluebird is making that 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 game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I agree, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree. I, well, you know, it's funny because I, they've gotten considerably better with every game. Um, the uh, Blair Witch game was not good. Uh, Medium was actually okay. You know, it's better, way better than uh, the two. And I think atmospherically, it felt a lot of like a little bit like Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 it can't be that kind of game. It has to be a very traditional Silent Hill type game. Uh, so I, I, I think that they have half of the Silent Hill vibe going. Now the other half, which is very important, is just kind of putting all all that together. Can Bluebird do it? I don't know. Can we? Can, maybe, but can we trust? I don't think Bluebird is a problem. I think can we trust Konami? To pick the right developer for this, to treat Silent Hill with respect, can we? Because I'm gonna say no. That's the thing. They had fucking Kojima and and Norman Reedus and and, and ready to go on a Silent Hill game that everybody and their motherfucking mother wanted, including myself, who's not a Silent Hill fan, with with the PT yeah. uh, whole thing. I, everybody wanted. Yeah, my mama that. wanted. Are you it. kidding me? Everybody, and they were like, <laughs> nah. You know, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Booty juice, man. Booty juice. Kojima, come get a sip. Um, come get a sip of this. All right. So, I think we're ready, man. Let's go ahead and get into our checkpoint chat. Uh, and today's checkpoint chat is going to be our mid-2021 game of the year, disappointments, and most anticipated games for the rest of the year. So, um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to run through um, an honorable mention for our game of the year so far. Then we're going to get into our game of the year. We're going to do the exact same thing for our biggest disappointment. We're going to have a dishonorable mention. And then we're going to have our biggest disappointment. Then we're going to close it out with our three most anticipated games. So uh, we do not know uh, what we have chosen. So these will be surprises for both of us. Um, I'm really curious to know what he picked for a few of these, actually. We might have one or two in common. I th- I, we, we better, because you better agree with me. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh, let's not waste any time, man. Let's let's talk about it. So, uh, game yeah. of the year, honorable mention. Who do you got? And talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my it's funny because I almost want to say Chivalry Two for my. Honorable I almost mention. thought of that. I did. Yeah, I did. but I you know it's, too it's soon, so though. new. Yeah, it's so new. I it's not going to be on my list. So my honorable mention for game of the year so far is Disco Elysium. Um, it's, you know, it's a game I still think about. Um, I've never played anything like it specifically. And the skill check moments that I, that, that were uh, some of the intense moments of anything I've done this year, uh, picking something and whether or not the, the roll of the dice was going to actually let me do it. Uh, and, and I did technically roll credits. It's just there was days left and I could have gone back and, and done more. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to, to possibly playing it again. 
specifically if it comes out on Game Pass, which it's rumored to be on Game Pass, but I have it on PlayStation 5 anyway. But it's just one of those games where I was very hyped for it. And, and this could easily... Oh, you were, you were hyped down. for it. You were obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> this, this could easily go down as one of my disappointments because of how... Uh, it's not my game of the year. and I haven't been so obsessed about a game in terms of like the lead-up to the release uh, this year like I was for Disco Elysium. But I think ultimately, uh, um, this game doesn't lend itself to to be a kind of game where, you know, it's not a shooter. It's not really an, RP, uh, an action RPG. It's a very... Uh, it's a very it's point and click, specific... Right? Yeah, it's a yeah, it's point and click. It's mm-hmm. a very specific kind of game, and, and and everything that I did in it is what I expected I would feel like. And with some moments that really destroyed me, like on a an emotional level, like I was like I wasn't expecting a lot of this stuff. But I think uh, you know it's it's one of these games that are very difficult to to, to, to quantify in terms of. Uh, game of the year because they, they don't do a lot of it doesn't do a lot of what other games does but ultimately for me and the way i felt about playing it and kind of where i left off when i finished it is, is is that it's a very unique game that i've never played it i've never i've truly never played anything like it and and it is it is a a a, a, a thing that i'll i'll always have and always think about and i want to go back to it but you know if i if i don't it's okay because it, of, of my experience with that game itself it's it doesn't let it I, I know people have played it many many different times and, and done many different things but the way i played it and the way that i let my character kind of develop and the kind of character that i made and the way my story went and kind of my my to, my total feeling as my character towards his family towards who i was as a person all that it felt very encompassing. It almost felt like um, kind of like a Mass Effect where I, I this is my Shepard, right? This is my Harry. Uh, mm-hmm. So at the end of it all, I just I just felt like there's no way I could not have mentioned this, at least an album mention as my game of the year so far. All so right. it would be Disco Elysium. Yeah, I'm not surprised to see it on your list uh, after how much you were obsessed about it. And are you still on the Discord? <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, I am, man. So um, yeah. All right. Yeah, so my um, honorable mention for mm-hmm. Game of the Year so far uh, is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, this was a tricky one for me, right? Because it's, it's technically not a new game, but it technically, you know, according to our rule book, where anything kind of goes, as long as it makes you know, some kind of sense, um, it qualified. So I looked at this game from a bit of a different perspective. So obviously I know what these three games are. I know how good they are. I didn't need to play this Legendary Edition to know that. What I was really checking for was to see how much extra love they put into this edition in terms of quality of life improvements, in terms of obviously graphics and performance, and just kind of getting a chance to re-experience the trilogy um, back to back to back, which is something that we didn't get a chance to do before, and kind of see how the trilogy sort of hit different or hit the same, um, playing it in rapid succession like that. And I, I got to say that it was just as crack cocaine as it was all those years ago <laughs> in terms of like immediately latching onto all the characters, immediately being invested in the conflicts, immediately wanting to peel back the layers of what each uh, companion's backstories were, getting to know them on that deeper level. Um, 
the lighthearted moments, the funny moments, the quirky moments, the serious moments, getting a chance to re-experience all that again uh, felt good just from what I remember to the game in terms of nostalgia and from uh, a standpoint of just seeing it again look so much more beautiful and running so much smoother than it did all those years ago uh, was, was huge. Um, the quality of life updates to me were, were right on time in terms of Mass Effect 1's improvements. Um, it, it still wasn't necessarily revolutionary in terms of how different it is compared to the original Mass Effect 1. But what it did do in terms of improvements was amazing. It, it, it really made the game feel more modern, uh, more accessible. It, it made me more excited for people who didn't get a chance to experience Mass Effect um, ever uh, to be able to go back and, and to not have to say, look, man, it's one of the greatest games of all time, but you're going to have to fight through this. You're going to have to suffer through this jank. You're going to have to deal with texture pop in, you know, and then, you know, Roger. people coming back to it nowadays are probably just not going to want to suffer through that. So it was exciting to see how well together this was put so that newcomers could literally just re-experience it or um, uh, experience it for the first time while we re-experience it and have an amazing um, experience across the board. Um, I, um, you know, I, I just can't say enough about it. It just really surprised me um, in terms of, you know, just knowing what the game was going to be, but still being like, damn. Yeah. Uh, stopping to take photos uh, of it. I know you did that too when you were playing it as well. You know, just oh, yeah. lots of moments where I'm like, man, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta take a screenshot of this right now because I feel like I want to come back to those, those little snapshots in time and and relive some of those feelings again. Um, so overall, man, it it just delivered for me. I think it did more than just the safe bed of it. It didn't do what Nintendo does. It didn't just right, slap right. together three games and say, hey, we're gonna upres it a little bit and call it a day. Have fun. It it you could really tell they they looked under the hood and figured out what they can tweak, what they should leave alone, and it just felt carefully created um, in this in this way that I um, I, I actually will come back to again, uh, again, again. Um, so yeah. Honorable mention for me, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So, um, what you got for Game of the Year, man? So, yeah, so my, my Game of the Year is actually uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, uh, all right. For everything, yeah, for everything that you said. Um, and just to, it, I tell you, it just feels like cheating almost because it's like, you know, I shouldn't include this, but, I, you know, for it qualifies. And I think for everything you said, uh, and then the fact that I get to play these games consecutively like this, um, and, 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 and use, and play the DLC, which I didn't play some of it, uh, so a lot of that was also kind of felt new to me as well as fresh. Um, and, and, and playing Mass Effect 1, and playing it, and feeling the way that I felt, because it looked like I remembered it looked because of all the upgrades uh, that it got. And so that was, because I've tried to play Mass Effect 1 before, and it's like, uh, a little rough, this game's a little rough. And then replaying it again with, with everything they did to it, which again, it wasn't a lot, but it was just enough to make it, you know, seem like a viable game in 2021. I I, I really just, uh, it, it's, 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 it, there's not much to be said about it. It's just, it's Mass Effect. I mean, these games are absolutely fucking outstanding in every way, shape, or form. And then I'm playing it uh, as Femshep for the first time as well, fully. I've played yes. it before, but not really. Yeah, and I'm seeing the, the difference just straight up with the performance. And, and Jennifer Hale is just complete and utter just dominance of, of that character. She, like, it, she is Shepard. Like, I yeah, I almost feel like I've I wasted time playing that as male Shep. And, oh, you know, man. Not, 
not to say anything about the actor who who, who voiced him. It's just that Jennifer Hill really just is, is talented. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it's just absolutely outstanding in almost every way. And then uh, a person that we know, Justin, is actually playing this game for the first time. So and Justin. he said to me, yeah, he and he said to me, Mass Effect 2 is, is probably going to be his favorite game of all time. Uh, because even now in 2021, playing it for the first time, he just it, it just kind of blew him. It just blew it blew him away. I mean, just hey, games man. that it just games don't do this. They don't do this even now, you know. Uh, and so I'm right now uh, on my uh, playthrough with uh, on on three Mass Effect three. Uh, um, I always liked Mass Effect three, so it, there's nothing special right now in terms of like yeah i can't believe this game is this it just looks great looks even a little better um and i am enjoying my time with three but i i it's it's just one of those things where you know i'm sure there'll be games that'll that'll topple it when it's all said and done at the end of 2021 but as it stands right now legendary edition is fucking outstanding and i love every minute of it still so I mean, you know, it's 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 digging into playtime for other oh yeah uh, other games yeah so yeah. yeah so that that's where I'm at here. Good pick, man. Good pick. Can't argue that. All right. So for my uh, 2021 game of the year so far, I have to give the nod, Pablo, to uh, Resident Evil Village. So, man, this this is a game that for me was a tricky one to look forward to because. I was really not a huge fan of Resident Evil 7 at all, um, at least in the beginning. I think I think as time went on, I, I came to appreciate it a little bit more, but the whole Resident Evil and first-person thing to me was just too much of a departure, and then like the, the creepy Southern family thing that was happening too was just... It just wasn't very Resident Evil to me. So being able to come into this game and feel like I am playing a bona fide Resident Evil game, number one, was was huge for me. Um, and then secondly, it's just a fucking great game. I mean, you know, it, it's, it definitely is the next step from Resident Evil 7 in terms of iterating on what 7 did and kind of expanding upon it. But the way that it all came together in this game felt amazing in terms of just um, the different segments of the game that you get to experience and uh, you, you know you get a little bit of the resident evil 1 and 2 flavor you get some resident evil 4 mixed in there you get some resident evil 7 mixed in there and it all comes together in this way that feels really really good um and i don't want to spoil too much because you know it's probably why you're staying quiet right now because i i, I don't want to i don't want to give away what the rest of the game has to offer because you, i think you're about halfway through or a little bit more than that but um I, I gotta say that for me um i was just constantly blown away at how much i was taking to the game um the pacing is 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 well done you know you go from exploring this open map of an of the actual village um you know being able to get access to different parts of the village as you proceed through the story um and then you get into the actual you know um the i wouldn't say missions themselves but maybe the, the chapters so to speak of the game uh where you're taking on these these big you know figureheads of of this group um, that, that resides in this village and each one of those uh, places uh, with, with those bosses is a different experience entirely. Um, you know, you have something very traditional to Resident Evil, like I said earlier, you have a mix of Resident Evil 4 type of stuff, you have 7 type of stuff. Um, so it just felt special to me from beginning to end. I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are when you finally beat the game later on. Um, to, to tell me what you think about, you know, kind of where it sets the game up 
uh, the, or really the franchise up for that matter, um, moving forward, and and how you think the rest of the game's end parts came together um, the way that that um, you know it did. So, it, to me, I, I think you know, as someone who has loved Resident Evil for so many years and has suffered through so many bad games. Um, up until lately with, you know, a lot of the remakes and stuff. This one was just a pleasant surprise, man. So, um, you know, I'll keep this short and sweet. My game of the year, great, great game. Um, 10, 12 hours of, of an amazing time that just felt absolutely spot on in all the ways I hoped it could be. And um, and actually a game that I hope I can come back to at some point when I have a low period, especially when the DLC comes out. So, yeah, that's going to be um, my uh, my game of the year so far. We'll see if it holds up, though. All right, so let's let's get to the let's get to the nasties. Um, so hey. biggest disappointment, um, honorable or dishonorable mention for me is Hitman Three. Man, um, now I, I I have to preface this by saying I have never been a Hitman fan. Um, Pablo's way more of a fan of Hitman than me. I just never really saw the appeal of this 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 franchise. I've I've always believed that just in general, with a few exceptions, with some games being good um, over its lifespan, that Hitman never really moves the needle. It, mm. it never really does anything. It does things good, but it never moves the needle. It never makes you feel like, man, this is like the quintessential experience uh, for like you know espionage, for stealth, for whatever. It just doesn't do it. But right. I came into this year saying, you know what, I'm going to give this new trilogy a shot. I would really never gave it a full effort. I'm going to play Hitman 1, Hitman 2, and Hitman 3, and that's exactly what I did. I played Hitman 1. I said, okay, this is what I expected. Fine. Played Hitman 2. I said, oh, well, this is kind of more of the same. It's fine. And then I got to Hitman 3, and I'm like, all right, come on. Come on. What the fuck? You know, and so here's really quickly my, my beef with the game is that, man, this playing dress up ass game, man, I, I, I just think so, so much of this game is built on, you know, disguises that it's just so stupid. It To me, it, it, it hangs its hat on that stuff too much. I think that the level design, which everybody always praises as just this masterclass. I think that the level design is great, but the game that is happening in that level is just not engaging at all to me. I think it is very unfulfilling. Um, it's the same assortment of stuff. You really don't, you know, people say a lot about, oh, you can you can kill targets any way you want, but the game still kind of guides you down the same five, six paths for most of the, the, the missions that you're on from what I've seen. Um, you're spiking drinks, you're, you can catch them, you know, in an off chance that they're walking by themselves somewhere and strangle them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the usual assortment of stuff that to me just makes all of the levels feel forgettable, um, redundant, and just kind of, again, it's just nothing about Hitman 3 did anything exceptional to me that uh, Hitman 1 or 2 didn't attempt to do either. Uh, even even some of the levels that people say, yeah, but what about this one? Like the uh, the mansion level from Hitman Three, where there was a, you know, a, essentially a murder mystery happening in parallel with your mission to assassinate, um, I think one or two key targets. 
you know, even that was like, yeah, but even that shit's boring. Like, does anyone remember the details of what happened in that mission that played Hitman 3? Yeah, but it, was, it wasn't that good, though. No, that's a, nah, it man, was, that shit was fantastic. It was, was not fantastic, dude. Yeah, it was. It was, it was like, okay, just go around and 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 investigate rooms and look at, and find objects and and then go kill people in the process. Like, it, I, I just, you don't have to do any of that. Yeah, yeah, but you. But the game is kind of urging you to at the same time. And yes, it's optional. And people think that that's cool that they make things optional. But nothing about that gameplay feels good assassinations feel kind of like okay that happened uh the levels again are all very very redundant to me with one or two exceptions where there were some genuinely cool you know locations or some genuinely cool ways you can kill targets but otherwise it was just it was more redundant stuff and what i think about when i think about the fact that this trilogy is over now and i i, I go back to the needle movement argument of okay what what did this do for the character of agent 47 what did this do? What did this trilogy achieve for this world and its lore? Uh, the the protagonist, the antagonist, like what? What did this change about the future of this series, if anything? And to me, it was just a bunch of inconsequential shit that happened that didn't make you care about Agent Forty Seven any more than you did or didn't before, uh, or the world or its conflicts. It was just a bunch of hey, we're gonna drop you in, go dress as people. And kill somebody in a different way every couple of times. Hitman's always been about Hitman's always been about that though specifically. And so and, and that's why it's not a good franchise, um, in my no, opinion. It's a, it's just not your kind of game. No, nope. it is a good franchise. It is overrated. It is. It, the gameplay, it's not overrated because he had three games all the way up to twenty twenty one that stay relevant within the actual. You know, all these franchises die. They commonly die. This has been around since PlayStation Two, and it's still it's the same thing. You're right. There are a lot of redundancies about the the, the game itself, but it is a a thriving uh, franchise, and it just it just stayed true to itself. And I, I'm not saying that what anything you're saying is that wrong uh it is silly and and, and 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 i think that a lot of what the game does itself specifically hitman 3 is a lot of redundancy for what it did in one and two and there's nothing special that three did besides the death of the family uh level which i really really uh loved but uh, i agree and, and that's why I, I i my honorable mention for most disappointing game oh. is hitman 3 <laughs> Uh, uh, because because of everything you said, but I, I don't think that the I don't think that the franchise is a bad franchise. I don't think it's boring. I don't think it's 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 in need of any kind of revitalization. I think Hitman is Hitman, and I think that they stay true to what Hitman is. Now you're not being a fan of it. That's totally understandable. Me being a, a great uh, super fan of Hitman, I think that three reached a point in the franchise where I, I think it's time for it to go away for a little while. Because besides the death in the family, which almost felt like it's own thing um everything else about it is very forgettable i mean the game itself is 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 in essence i forgot it came out this year thank uh, you no one's talking about it anymore yeah no one's talking about it right no one is talking about it. he talks about one or two it, it, it just it just got to a point where it's like it is more of the same this felt more like an expansion more than it than, than a full-on new uh release uh, and that's so that's why say. you know yeah, and so that's why I agree with you, and we share that same honorable mention in the, in the disappointment. But I, I just feel like ultimately for me, it's not through any fault of the 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 game, the the people who made the game, the developers. I think that they've stayed true to Hitman to a fault, 
And that's the problem that we're running into where, you know, now they're going to go on and make 007 games. And, and I feel like they're going to use everything that they've were, had in terms of Hitman and make a 007. They'll make a good 007 game because there's not going to be dress up in that game. You're not going to be that kind of stuff uh, on there. Yeah, but yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you that it's reached a, a moment and a level of redundancy within the franchise that it's no longer a franchise that seems essential to me uh, because of th- their, their lack of innovating other than, again, Death in the Family, which I would attest that you're absolutely wrong about. Oh man, that was thing. so and, and I whack. think it's because maybe no, nah, it was it was absolutely amazing. I loved every <laughs> moment of that shit, uh, and you know, it was one of the best moments of video game for me because just of everything of, of how of how what? you know you played. Yeah, man, uh, because it, it literally was knives out in, in in video game form. It was you know you, you go in there, you infiltrate, you if you wanted to, you become you become the investigator. You see who killed uh, the the lady's brother, and then you can actually find out who did it, and then you can pin it on any four of the siblings in, in order of which you don't like the most which would give you access to the uh, main target and four different very varying ways and you can just take her out you can push her off her balcony you can sniper her from afar you can do many it, it uses it takes everything that hitman does and it boils it down and it adds a kind of narrative through line that you don't see in many of the uh, of the levels and that's why i love that level but ultimately once you reach that that was the peak for me of that and then everything after that just felt very very samey and redundant and i and and, and again I, I really forgot the game released uh this year and, and and that enough the fact that i am a fan that enough would, would qualify hitman 3 to be uh <laughs> for me a dishonorable mention for the, the 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 year itself all right all right so let's get to my <laughs> you're gonna hate me my biggest disappointment of 2021 is disco elysium um I I believed that this game was uh, man out of all the games that I knew was coming out this year this was the one that I was the most confident in because I obviously the game had already come out on PC and people had championed it so much uh, now looking back on it I think almost too much as one of the best of the best uh, for what it does and look maybe maybe it is. Maybe it is the best of the best. I don't know, but I just know that my experience of playing this video game actually sucked. It, and it sucked for a couple of reasons. Number one, this was a game that came from PC to consoles and plays like a game that came from PC to consoles. It, it, it yeah. At least it did at launch. I mean, coming out of the gate, it had a Still lot of bugs, crashes. The, the controls felt weird. Um, hovering over, uh, you know, interactable uh, objects uh, felt off. The, the movement of, of your uh, your character felt off. Uh, trying to hold a flashlight while moving and uh, navigating was, was... Everything just felt fucking off about this game. Secondly, um, you know, a lot of people praise the game for its story. And I won't lie and sit here and tell you that there weren't moments that stood out for me. Um, I think early frontrunner for antagonist of the year is Kuno. Uh, <laughs> The, yeah, that, oh, that boy out there, boy, he was that terrible. Boy crazy. Yelling rape, and the guy's just asking him a simple question like, oh my god, that, w- that was so cringy. Stuff like that was cool. But the rest of the game, to me, felt so needlessly pretentious and obtuse that it, it really took away from, number one, understanding what this game is. And, and the game is intentional about plopping you in and kind of letting you figure it out for yourself. And I don't think there's a problem with that in many cases, but 
its obscurity is laid on so fucking thick with the plot. Yeah. You're trying to figure out who is this voice that's talking to me. Oh, and then you, you realize later, oh, it's a it's an aspect of my psyche that's talking to me or whatever. And, and it just gets really weird and in in and bizarre in that sense. And it really diluted to me what was actually a pretty interesting uh, story arc uh, with Harry and and uh, you know and, and his whole situation. Um, and I, I wish the game was 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 less reliant on those obscure narrative moments to, to tell a more almost a more straightforward tale. And I don't know, you know, I, I dropped off the game. Uh, uh, you know, I, I got to some you know weird ending that happened super early, and I'm like, I'm not I'm not doing this again, even though I can load back in. I'm, I'm kind of pissed off now. So I don't know how the game kind of finishes. I don't know how things balance out if they even do but to me it just they felt do. like if you wanted to it, it just felt like a lot of pretentious like goop that was just draped all over this game and and it made it really hard to to want to sit down and listen to this fucking dialogue without tuning out and i'm a narrative guy i love stories it, it's it's the first thing i kind of look for in in new games but this one just felt like a drag to to comprehend and it wants you to be so alert to to peel back all the layers of what it's trying to tell you and i i appreciate that it's trying to be deep but it's almost like a kentucky route zero in a sense of yo just fucking chill with this this weird shit and just tell me what you're trying to tell me you know like give it to me straight and the game doesn't give it to you straight and so i was disappointed and i, and I will caveat yeah. all of this by saying this is all personal preference i'm not saying i think this is an outright terrible game i do think it was a little overrated um by a lot of media and and pundits um, I think this is mostly just a matter of me not latching on to this in the way that I think the game wanted me to, um, because it's not very clear at first how it wants you to connect with it. Uh, so it, it, it's just a bizarre game for me in, in ways that I found intriguing, but mostly disappointing. And then obviously, like I said, fighting with the controls, the mechanics of, of the console uh, side of it, even even basic stuff like trying to find the exit to a room. Because the, the, the game's uh, areas are stationary. The, the, the map doesn't rotate with you as you're walking around or you can't right. rotate it. So you can get kind of hung up on like, I, I don't know how to leave here. I don't know how to move. It's hard to describe like the way that I'm describing it now. You have to kind of see it for yourself. But just little quirks like that combined with the confusion of the story. It was like, I just, I would rather play something else. And that's kind of where it dropped off for me. So um, it's probably a good game. And I don't knock that you know anybody that loves it. It's just that to me, it it just did not connect at all, and it yeah, was a huge disappointment. It's definitely, it's definitely an obtuse uh, kind of a game to kind of approach. And and if it doesn't, if it doesn't like dig, it doesn't get its, its nails into you. It's gonna be very hard for you to to, to, to enjoy the game anyway. I, I don't like I said when I when I talked about it in my honorable mention for game of the year, I said this could easily just be a, a disappointment for me as well. So. Uh, but uh, my uh, my game of the year, uh, or sorry, my biggest disappointment of the year is Biomutant. Uh, Biomutant for me is one of those games that I kind of had as a dark horse uh, going into it as probably potentially a game of the year. Now, I know that it was always going to be an uphill climb to achieve that, but the fact that it won't even make my top ten lists... Uh, this game could have been one of those great little double-A uh, titles yeah. uh, where it does a lot of little things really good. And it really, because the ideas are there, the game looks pretty good. The game controls decently enough. I'm, there are things that could have been tightened up. But it wants to be everything at all all the time. 
and it's it's very it's very it's weird because when you look at a game like Phoenix Rising, uh, the the approach to the game itself was stripping it from uh, uh, stripping a lot of what makes modern modern uh, open world games a thing by stripping almost all of it out and just giving you the basics with some side missions. This game, uh, Biomutant does the opposite where it's like it wants to be a game, a modern open world game, and it gives you all kinds of different collectibles, all kinds of different things. You got you have a good guy, bad, you have a, 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 a good, bad, um, you know, evil, less evil, light, dark kind of uh, way you can approach things uh, by choosing certain... Uh, actions that either are light or either dark, and then you have everything else. You pick a a, 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 a group of people to, to kind of associate with. It, it does way too much. It does way too much, and it doesn't play well. Um, and in particular, at times, it just doesn't look great. I mean, it is it is a fucking mess of a game, and it is to the point where it is almost at times unplayable. The the feedback in terms of like kind of the the uh, the um. When you're fighting, it just does. It's not there. You don't feel like you're doing damage. You mean uh, like the impact? Yeah, the impact yeah. of it. It just doesn't feel good at all. And it, ultimately, the game for me is just a fucking. Just they threw everything at the fucking uh, all the shit at the wall, the kitchen sink, everything, and this and and the shit doesn't. None of it stuck. None of it stuck. Everything, you know, they say uh, the jack of all trades, master of none. This ain't even the jack of shit. This is the jack of shit, <laughs> master of nothing. It just, it ain't good. It ain't good. And, and, and the thing is, such a fucking big disappointment because of how great the game showcased and looked and, and the idea behind it and the character creation was really cool and, and had all these really good ideas and none of them come together. It's like, holy shit. Like, I almost want them to go back and just restart and and because they have an idea there and it's just not gonna, it's not going to, it did not work at all so this is like my biggest disappointment of 2020 with a bullet and i will tell and i will tell you this i can almost guarantee it that this will be my biggest disappointment at the end of the year anyway unless something drastically crazy happens with like a halo or something so yeah we'll that's see that right now yeah. yeah 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 that's a good pick man i i was on the fence about that game because it looked it, it looked too good to be true man watching those trailers i'm like yeah, this it looks did, it fantastic did. but then it just yeah it kind of wet yeah. the bed um, but yeah, yeah, good pick there, man. Um, good, good, bad pick. Uh, so let's get into our top yeah. three most anticipated games of the rest of the year. Ooh. So um, I'll go ahead and run through my three. Uh, we don't have to go round robin on this one. I'm just going to rattle uh, mine off. Are they in three? Are they in uh, in order? Yes. My, my, okay. Mine are, yeah. You don't have to do yours in order. For yeah, me. mine too. Okay, good. Too. All right, so my number three most anticipated game is Back for Blood. Um, I'm super hyped about this game, man. I think this game is going to be a, a hit. Um, it looks like it just—it's it's a can't miss game because it's already building on a foundation of Left 4 Dead that worked, that people have been clamoring for more of, and it's taking all of that. It's adding more to it. It's on Game Pass. I just don't know where the miss is going to happen unless there's just some catastrophic, like out-of-the-gate bad launch with server issues or something like right. that that just kind of sours people. But everything I've seen of the actual game's makeup and what it's trying to do, uh, the enemies, uh, some of the, the characters, it has just the right amount of camp to it. Um, I will say the only thing that I wish it had a little bit more of is that Valve mystique. Um, there's a, there was a little bit of mystique in the Left 4 Dead formula, whereas I think they're going a little bit more in the campy, almost Evil Dead-ish direction, in, in a sense, where there's a little bit more quips and um, you know stuff like that, which I'm not a big fan of. But overall, by the sum of its parts, it looks like it's going to be um, right up my alley, and I'm sure you and me are both going to be playing a lot of that shit later this year. 
Um, my number two game, another multiplayer game, is uh, Battlefield 2042. So, uh, huge Battlefield fan. I was always a Battlefield fan for pretty much forever. And um, Battlefields 1 and 5 just didn't really connect with me that much. I had a good time with, with Battlefield 1. Uh, you and I played a lot of that. Um, you know, had a good time with it for what it was. It just wasn't as robust and, and deep enough as Battlefields 3 and 4 were, um, to say the least. So I'm really glad that they're taking it back into a modern direction. The destructibility, the weather effects uh, with the tornadoes and shit, that stuff looks over the top and really cool. Um, the gameplay looks really tight from what we've seen of it so far. I'm, I'm really dying to see more of it to get super, super hyped. But it looks like it, it's that it's that all-out war um, type of thing that, that I'm, I've am i been missing from um, not having a, a really good battlefield to play like routinely for a while. Um, I'm a little concerned about kind of how they're going to support the game throughout the its, its life cycle in terms of are they going to try to sell out and, and really lean into more Royale shit um, or are they going to stay true to the Battlefield formula and not try to be the catch-all game under one banner um, to try to compete you know with Call of Duty. Battle Royale. What's that? What'd you say? Oh, no, I, you know that game is getting Battle Royale. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will. Um, yeah, so I, I think, I, I think I they, are gonna, they are going to, yeah, they are going to try something. It probably won't, it probably won't be as good as like, you know, what Warzone has achieved or whatever. But, uh, despite all that, I, I love Battlefield. I cannot wait to play this fucking game, man. It's going to be, it's, I have, I have a really good feeling about it. And, uh, my number one is that Halo Infinite. Um, I, I you know, ironically, it's, crazy. it's about to go crazy, man. And, and. Ironically, all three of my games are primarily multiplayer focused. I see, that. which is which is not me. That, that's not very right, me. I, I, right. I do dabble in multiplayer stuff. We talked about Chivalry and Siege earlier, but uh, not to this extent. But yeah, Halo Infinite. Uh, not to beat a dead horse from what I said in, in the last uh, in the wrap up episode. Um, it just looks like it's doing exactly what I needed it to do for Halo. The campaign, uh, you know, the jury's out on that because we've only seen a little bit of that. But the multiplayer, for all intents and purposes, um, looks like it's very well put together. A lot of creative ideas around the battle pass um, component. And um, it just looks like they're very confident in what they've put together for the multiplayer, which makes me feel good that it is going yeah. to be a really, really fun experience to keep coming back to all throughout the generation. I really want Halo to be that kind of game. Um, that I can, you know, not just get bored of after two or three months, but really stick with and keep it installed on my Xbox, kind of like what I've done with the Master Chief Collection, right? It's just always there in case, let me go play a couple of games of Team Deathmatch in Halo 2 or something like that. I want this to be that next um, that next game that I just can't uninstall. So um, I have a really good feeling about it. I think it's going to be great. Um yeah, and, and I think it's just going to be um, exactly what you know Xbox needs to uh, you know bring the year to a close. So I think um, it's 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 tricky because I'm still nervous about the game probably more than the other two because of you know what happened last year with the delay. But uh, I'm also the most excited about it because the 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 potential for greatness is super high because of the extra yeah. time and love they're putting into the game. So that's my number one. Yeah, those are all those are all good picks. Um, my and I'll go with mine. I had a, I struggled with three because I wasn't sure because I had like a whole bunch of games that kind of like fall on the same kind of thing. But you know, I almost went with Twelve Minutes at number three. Uh, but then I was like, maybe Oxen Oxenfree two. But then I was like, you know what? 
Uh, I almost became a glutton for punish uh, for punishment and and was talking about potentially putting Cyberpunk 2077 next generation <laughs> upgrade on here, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I think this this pick will surprise some people, but I've always said that a sequel to this game will greatly benefit it, and I'm talking about Horizon Forbidden West. Um, and I'm operating under the fact that maybe it'll come out this year. Um, yeah. All you know, it, you know. But I mean, look, I I I, I don't like Horizon for I don't like Horizon. Um, uh, Horizon. Zero uh, yeah, Zero Dawn. I don't like that game. I, I think that it does nothing well. It does a lot. It's like a lot, a little bit like Biomian, where it does a lot, tries to do too much. Obviously, it plays a lot better. Looks a lot better. Oh yeah. But I've always said if, if they can hone in, hone in what makes that game good and, and make a proper sequel. I'm excited, and I'm hoping that they did that with uh, Horizon Forbidden West. And everything I saw, um, I can't particularly say that, that I saw something, because they didn't show anything uh, story-wise or anything else other than just kind of like action-heavy stuff, that the game is doing that. But I'm confident that Sony is uh, releasing the sequel, and it's going to be better than the first in every way possible. And if, if, and if it manages to do that, it manages to tell a story that isn't a story told... In a in a in a expository uh, vomit of standing still listening to these audio things like all right the guy from uh, uh, the guy from what's, <laughs> what's oh, the guy called yeah uh, uh, Lance Reddick from Fringe uh, yeah. Yeah, Lance Reddick just uh, talking to me here um, I, I think that this game could potentially be you know one of the best games of the 2021 if all things are are, are done correctly and I'm for for whatever reason maybe I'm a moron I'm just kind of sitting here thinking that, that that's what they're going to do they're going to make the combat better they're going to make the story better and they're going to make kind of the overall feeling of the game itself feel a little better so I for number my number 3 as maybe as wishful thinking as it comes Horizon Forbidden West is my number 3 in terms of like a game that could possibly be one of the better games of the year my number 2 you're going to hate but it is what it is uh, my number 2 is a uh, Lost Judgment, which is the sequel to uh, Judgment, uh, which comes out uh, this year. Uh, I'm not accepting. I'm not accepting the, the slander Marco gives Judgment. Like he, he's played many Yakuza games and no. I mean, come on, Yaku. He just played Like a Dragon and helped these men in diapers <laughs> realize that it's okay to be big babies. And are, he are, has a problem with. And sir, he has a problem sir, with. Are you, uh, with, are you, are you uh, diaper shaming right now? Are you diaper shaming right now? <laughs> you see. <laughs> Are you gangbanging on Huggies right now? I'm saying, and he's gonna sit here and tell me he has a problem with, uh, like the because of the the fact that the game itself has has deals with Alzheimer's. Come on, man, this is Yakuza, bro. Uh, what? I, I, I love I, I I love I love the Yagami story. I, th- I I think other than the silliness of that entire thing, I, I think that the hard hard boiled nor aspect of a fantastic kind of, uh, you know. Uh, Detective type, you know, he's a private investigator. I love all that shit. Uh, John Woo films, all that. Stuff. I, they kind of just, it just, it, it feels like that kind of game to me. Um, and you know, I like that Yakuza is going full on turn based, and Judgment is going to be the game that's going to keep the roots of the old game going with the you know uh, beat 'em up type style. So I, I like that they have the dichotomy between those two things, and I'm really looking forward to Lost Judgment. I love Judgment so fucking much. I thought Judgment was absolutely amazing. I can't. Wait for two. I'm really excited for for two, and, and, and it would have been my number one if it wasn't for, um, you know, Halo. Halo is my my number one. There's just no way around that one. I mean, we're all big Xbox fans here, uh, and it sounds silly to say, but I I mean, the game looks great because it looks like Halo. 
And, yeah. and that's kind of like we're at here. It's a, not to say Halo 5 multiplayer didn't feel like Halo or even, uh, you know, it's just that it's nice to know that, like, 343 Industries is trying to uh, wrong, right the wrongs of Halo 5 campaign, but also trying to wash away the stigma that I feel is unfairly put upon them that started with Halo 4 that says that uh, that they aren't as good as the... Uh, as the um, oh, my God. I am completely blanking on... A bungee, bungee. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, I was like, wait, because I think three forty three. I think Halo Four is good. Yeah, um, I did too. I thought, the, I, I thought the campaign yeah, was and, good. The multiplayer wasn't so good. Yeah, it was fine. But and and I, I, five. I think the multiplayer five is super super underrated. Um, but the story is just jack shit. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to to what they show. I, I I honestly, and this again can be super foolish of me. I don't think that Halo. Uh, Infinite can be bad, and the reason why is because they took a launch game and they delayed it almost an entire year, and now they're releasing it. If the game wasn't ready in any way, should perform, this is their flagship. They will delay. They would have delayed this infinitely. Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, just so they can uh, get this game right because they need this game. You know, for everything Xbox has done uh, with Game Pass and buying all these studios, Halo, they need Halo. It's like Nintendo having terrible luck with Mario games and or Zelda games and just, you know, pumping out a whole bunch of other good shit. But when it comes to, like, their main flag, their flagship game, it not being great. I, I honestly think that Halo Infinite cannot fail. Uh, it's too big to fail. That's never, that's never, <laughs> wor- that's never been wronged, right? Famous last words. No, but I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah, and, and and everything they've done, uh, they followed the original recipe, uh, and they put their own twist in it. The grappling hook stuff, uh, the, the 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 battle pass innovation, just to name a few. Those those things are really outstanding things, and I think it will help grow and evolve Halo, uh, without losing what makes Halo great, which is one of those things that you always have to worry about games that oh we're bigger, better than this, and they lose what makes them good. And I'm glad that Halo is still fucking Halo, and I love all I love that about it. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. Totally agree, man. All right, well, that wraps up our mid-2021 Checkpoint Chat. Um, So, to wrap it up, we decided to have our cool-down topic uh, be a a bit of a fun one. So, while we're in the the mood of talking about best games and stuff like that, most anticipated games, we wanted to give ourselves a little scenario, right? Now, let's say we got the Men in Black treatment, meaning our memories got wiped with that little machine, and we get to pick any game that we have previously played to basically re-experience as if it was the first time. So we really had to think about this one because it's tricky. Because, you know, it's 2021. A lot of new modern gaming conventions have happened over the years. So it's not exactly as simple as saying, let me take my favorite game from PlayStation 1 or, you know, Super Nintendo or N64 and wipe my brain and play those for the first time because you might not get the same experience coming back to those games after playing all these new modern games, right? So we had to think a little bit around this a bit. So um, our picks might not be the greatest of the greatest games of all time, but they're definitely, you know, games we think are really fucking great or among the greatest. Um, so Pablo, why don't you kick us off? Uh, tell us what your men in black memory wipe game is and why. Yeah. Um, my, my game is, and this, I think it's the second game, the second time in a row that I picked this game because I've, uh, I think the last episode we picked was the best reveal 
that we saw. Oh, yeah, three, yeah, yeah, Fallout yeah. 4. Yeah, so I'm going Fallout 4 again. Uh, but, you know, not only because Fallout 4 is the newest entry in Fallout 4 and it looks the best because it is the newest, but it's not really about why I picked it. When you think of games like The Outer Worlds, that in many ways felt like Fallout, but ultimately didn't capture the magic of what a Fallout game completely is. And then games that ended up being close to Fallout games more than anyone thought, like Cyberpunk 2077, where it it, 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 it was saying that it was all this other stuff, but ultimately it ended up being a Fallout-esque kind of game. Yet it still, even with all the budget and everything behind it, it still didn't capture the magic that makes Fallout 4 great. Having all that behind me, knowing that I've played those games and knowing how, how I feel about those games, playing Fallout 4 now would would blow my fucking mind just as much as it did, if not more so, when Fallout 4 first came out. Because when Fallout 4 first came out, it was on the heels of Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, games that did Fallout really well. And Fallout 4, for m- many people don't think it's, it, it is better than those two games, um, and maybe it's not, but I think that seeing what other companies have tried to do to try to either uh, replicate or be inspired by the formula of Fallout games, there has not been a game other than Fallout 4 that and 3 and New Vegas that have been able to actually do that. And so going back, after playing all those games, going back to Fallout 4 itself now would absolutely just would, would blow my mind. Just everything that the game does it's within itself and, and, and how it just blows away games that just came out last year, games that came out two years ago. It's just one of those things that, you know, I realize now that uh, even though I loved Fallout 4 when it came out, there's just not anything like it now in terms of like even with your companions and and the way that you are doing missions for them the world itself the way the story is told how many different paths you can actually take and how that affects everything around you and everything you've built around that world i mean playing fallout 4 again in 2021 right now if i were to boot up fallout 4 today and play it for the first time i don't think i'd be able to put it down till i, till I completely finished it and bro I, that would be my choice here for uh for black uh, ben and black in it dude when i got um if you remember when i got the series x for the first time that was one of the first games i played and i yeah. I, I dumped 30 hours or, or maybe even more into that shit and i beat the game twice and i'm like this is yeah. still great this is still really great so fallout yeah. 4 is almost like almost a dark horse like best games of all time for me that I just don't want to acknowledge yeah. as being that good but everything that it does in terms of like checking the boxes it yeah. just kind of does and I'm like yeah I just yeah. I can't argue it so yeah I'm with you there and it's weird because the f- the more we come f- the further we are away from it the more we learn to appreciate it and, and yeah. the thing that hurt it I guess if you want to call it that is how it came out uh, during a time that when a Fallout game came out it was that right and we hadn't had a fall we haven't had a Fallout game in years and forever we had games that tried to be Fallout games that didn't that weren't successful or to 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 take that formula and make it as good like so I I, I that would be the game for me man one hundred percent. I feel that, man. All right. Yeah, well, my pick is The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Um, Unequivocally one of the best games ever made. Um, This is back when I, uh, you know, back when I and and many people um, remembered (laughs) that CD Projekt Red was actually good for for once. Uh, They, um, man, this game, you know, I I played... um, 
I watched The Witcher 1 like on YouTube because I'm not a PC gamer and that's all it was out on at the time. So I got a feel for the story. I'd never read the books before, but I loved the character of Geralt. I loved his voice acting, um, you know, just his, his quirks, his nuances and what the conflicts were in that world. Um, I got a chance to play The Witcher 2 um, on uh, Xbox 360. Uh, if I, yeah, 360. Yeah. And um, great, great game. I mean, it, it was, for its time, it was amazing. It had a little bit of the jank, uh, for sure. And, and, you know, that was a bad omen for later, you know, in, in, in CD Project Red's <laughs> life. But, you know, it, you saw the brilliance of, of this world and the storytelling in it. And then you get to three, and then it just blew the hinges off of everything that I had ever played, um, you know, in an open world sense with that much story, um, with very few exceptions. I mean, you know, the way that Geralt's character had evolved, uh, his relationship with Ciri, um, his 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 baggage with uh, all of his exes, and just kind of how he, or how you as the player can kind of pick who you want to be with, and um, and also. Winds howling. Uh, winds are howling, man, and Shakira's on the back, the background vocals, man. Lo, lo, le, lo, le. man, she was out here hitting all the notes, and uh, man, it, it, you know, again, still had bugs, still was quirky, still had its its moments of whoa, what, what what's happening here, you know, but overall, like that story anchored that game in in just the most amazing way possible. It felt like a like a labor of love type of story because it, everything about it just was so well interwoven with with itself, you know. Everything felt like it 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 had a, a cause and effect. Um, everything felt connected to something else. There was really nothing that felt loose about that game story, even all the way like all the way down to the side missions, which were at the time they were you know side missions in games were always like go here do this come back get a reward um you know go fetch quest me three things that i dropped off over here this game took that to a different level where you come into it like it was a mission i believe roughly like where some you know weird old lady was was um you know had an issue with her frying pan or something like that and you think oh it's just a funny mission that'll kind of come and go and then it blows up into this bigger thing um where there's like you know dead bodies and stuff like that you know so it always had that those hooks in you where even the stuff that you think is mundane can be bigger um, the, the, the choices that you can make in the plot had a, a really interesting effect on things. The Red Baron, um, I think, not Red Baron, that's pizza. <laughs> um, I don't know, the, the, the Baron um, from the early portion of the game. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know if it's, if it's Red Baron, that's, that's hilarious because that's the pizza brand too that I always uh, get. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that whole quest you line. Said, you, you say Red Baron because... Red is the color of blood. Yeah, hold on. Bloody Baron. Bloody Baron. Right? Oh, Isn't bloody it the Baron. Blood Baron? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Bloody Baron. <laughs> yeah, that shit was amazing. That whole story arc came together like in a, in a really, really powerful way. Um, so, yeah, just overall, that that whole thing, man, I, I have beaten that game four times. Um, twice on PlayStation 4, twice on Xbox. Yeah, I would love to be able to say, you know, wipe my brain of this game and let me experience it all over again and yeah. and just relive all those amazing moments that that happened it does it does so much with that stuff like you know one of the my playthroughs i i was a man whore and i was and i was like uh, i then i did uh the witch uh mitzi Metz, mitzi oh yeah i think yeah misty or something and then 
Misty or something. It's like three bitches, bro. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking all these bitches. And at the end of the game, it's literally like, yeah, forever alone. You ain't get no love. Nobody wants your ass. That's literally how one of the stories ended. It's like, yeah, you you roamed the land by yourself. <laughs> yeah, nobody loved you. And then, you know, you, you got your love of your daughter, I guess, at the end yeah. of it. But, oh, know. plus, the DLC was outstanding. Oh. Blood and Wine and, um, oh, shit, the other one that's going to... Elude me now. Uh, heart, uh, heart, stone, stone heart, hearts stone of stone, or something like that. Yeah, hearts of stone, yeah. Um, absolutely great stuff. I mean, that stuff was like as good as what you would want out of just a regular game, and and it was literally. I think that it was like Blood and Wine was almost like a. Sequel. It was like as I was gonna say, it's like almost like a sequel to to the game within the game when it was just oh my god, it was just amazing from top to bottom. So, and the other one, what was it? The heart, the heart of stone, or whatever. Uh, that was because which because uh, Geralt is very no matter how you play him he is very morose mm-hmm. he's he's not a silly person he's got a little and bit of then, humor to him like he's a smart ass yeah but he's not a silly but he's not a silly person yeah. but in, in that DLC though you're possessed by this eccentric uh, motherfucker and yep. you're basically become like this <laughs> eccentric kind of Johnny Depp like character. And this thing where you go to a wedding oh, and you're out here man. dancing and shit. I'm like, damn, look at Carol get there. Because he's, you know, he's possessed by this uh, by this uh, uh, ghost. It's so oh, good. Man. <laughs> it's so good. There's so many, like, I, I, I can never pick my favorite moment from that game. And that just speaks volumes about how many of them there are to choose from. Ah, that's just so good. Yeah. So, um, good game. Yeah, man. So, we talked about a lot of cool shit on this episode. But like usual, we saved the best and coolest topic for last and that's our listeners. So we appreciate you for all the things you've done to support us, which uh, hopefully will lead to you following us on um, Twitter and Instagram at CooldownTimePod. And, of course, subscribing to our podcast on your favorite um, podcast provider. So that way our toxic ass opinions will always be in your FOV for our new listeners, for our uh, reoccurring listeners. Thank you for tuning in this time. You're welcome. And we'll see you next time. Rest in peace, River. Rest in peace, River.